Welcome to the new year, it's 2010, and that means it's the uh, video game apocalypse whereupon all games will just simultaneously explode at the end of the year. It's kind of like the Y2K bug except stupid. No, it is January 2nd. This is how we're celebrating the new year. We're not drinking or partying or, as uh, as Giant Bomb referenced Soldier Boy, drink to get drunk or smoke to get high or nothing like that. What what did the... for yourself, man? Oh shit! Um, instead, we're recording a podcast on January second at twelve fourteen p.m. That's after noon. Uh, and, and after New Year's, yes, this is this is correct. Which which is a happy uh, occurrence because there's less likelihood for for uh, for hangovers from our celebrations on the thirty first. Unless, of course, the hangover spills over into the second day, upon which I introduce Pete. Happy New Year! Woo! <laughs> Is that did that fall out of your nose? No, it's my maraca from New Year's. Your maraca years. from from uh, Samba de Amigo. Oh, apparently, it's my girlfriend's maraca from New Year's. I have a maraca too, but I can't find it. But this is my girlfriend. Des, why are you letting him ruin your shit? She can't hear you. You're in my head. <laughs> Des, <laughs> why are you letting him ruin your shit? And there's also Al. Yep, there sure is. Really. Are you sure about yep. that? Ass. Uh-huh. Yep. And then there's me. There's Austin, who, you know, is is of stuffed nose, so to speak. It is stuffed with pearls and 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 clogged with arteries. I have that doesn't Alright, forget it. Pete, what you been playing? Honestly, nothing new. Still a lot of Dragon Age, you know, Mass uh, not Mass Effect. I'm looking at my games over there and I saw Mass Effect. Uh, Modern Warfare two and uh Oscar Mike. We played we played some one versus one hundred last night for their New Year's con- live. They're, they're the live version of one versus one hundred, and it was like New Year's stuff. But it was like a lot of questions about what did Rolling Stone? Uh, it must have been sponsored by Rolling Stone because it's like what did Rolling Stone uh, name band of the decade or like song of the decade or movie of the decade? Like all this decade oh. stuff. It was all Rolling Stone, and I don't read Rolling Stone, so I didn't know any of those answers. I, but uh, I kind of do. But, Oh, uh, no, Radiohead's album was album of the decade, not the song or the band. I don't know. I don't remember. Anyway, uh, uh, so, but the, the, I just want to mention, I, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but it's cool because one, one versus 100 is in its, like, actual, it's out of its beta stage. Right, in, right. Well, I guess it's considered season two or whatever. And so there's achievements now. Oh. Um, And I only have uh two more. It's like, I think there's like 12 achievements, like like regular Xbox Live Arcade game type of Spend thing. Spend the night with um, Chris Cashman. In his hotel room. <laughs> but I only I only have two left to go, so uh and one versus one hundred is actually still fun to play sometimes, so sometimes. but uh yeah that's sometimes. Like the depending on what their uh their theme is, like 'cause like mo ninety percent of the time it's uh their extended play, which is you know, not the live version, it's just like uh they <laughs> the just ask rapid version. Well no, it's just they just ask rapid fire uh trivia questions to everybody that is playing. There's no actual like game show portion going on. Like, there's no one, there's no 100. It, it's uh, so just... Question name, what's your time? Where'd you come from? Who's daddy? Except that it's not personalized. Let me holla at you. Um, uh, it's just like, everybody is part of the crowd. It's just like, everybody in the game is the crowd, and everyone's just answering questions. Uh, 
as opposed to when the game goes live and there is a one selected and a and a mob and yeah. So um, but like extended play, you can only play for like a little while before that gets boring. But the uh, live shows where it's actually the game show are still kind of fun and exciting. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I've been playing over the past two weeks. <laughs> Not one versus one hundred, just the games right. I mentioned. Dragon Age mostly, and one versus one thousand hundred. Yeah, I played some Viva Pinata Trouble in Paradise too. I need to stop playing that... the freaking first game. I've had this for like two and no, a half don't years. Play the first... Oh well, if you I've had it. Yeah, I'm not gonna go buy the second one and and be like, oh, I just wasted my time with the first one. Yeah. If I play it and I hate it, then I'll get the second one. No, I won't because it's more uh, of the same. Actually, I don't think you'd hate it. I think it's I think it's a it's a game that everyone would love. It's a game for everyone. It is. I don't know. You might hate it. I don't know. I don't know. Alfred, what have you been playing? Are you guys ready to listen? No. Nope. Okay. Well, get ready. Okay. Alright. So, um, for Christmas, I got a PS3. Da 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 da. Welcome to the fold. Thank you, Jesus. Um, and I didn't get any games for it. Until about two days ago, I, was, and I haven't actually played them yet. <laughs> so like, are you ready to listen? I didn't buy the games. Then I bought the games, but I didn't play them. Yeah, I uh, bought Prototype, and you I was supposed to buy Infamous, prototype. but they didn't have it, so I bought Star Wars Force Unleashed Ultimate Sith Edition. S W T F U S E. Actually, has two U's. Oh, every every time I see that. See that abbreviated? I always misread it and, and think it's saying "shut the fuck up," SCFU. Yeah. So I'm like, maybe they should have thought about something else to put in the title. <laughs> um, let's see. So I actually watched a Blu-ray yesterday, which was cool. Uh, so Orphan, which was a pretty fucked up movie, but it was. It was oh, I heard about that. Yeah. Um. How how I do you my... how do you feel about the Blu-ray? Because uh, uh, this is just something that I, I I tend to ask people because like. I don't know how many Blu-rays you've watched in the past, mm, if any. Orphan and Departed on your TV. Oh, on my TV. Okay, so you have. To. Never mind then. I was gonna ask what you thought of the quality difference, but it's not a new thing for you anymore. So. Yeah, I mean, besides, I watched 1080p movies or well, 1080i movies. I on say. streaming, right? On no, on uh, cable. Oh right, right. Exa- yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. see the thing with cable. Well, I don't know about your cable, but you know how sometimes it compresses and it gets blocky. Every yes. so often, so you know, with, with Blu-ray not having any of that since it's local, that's true. You know, and but. I think the Blu-ray is uh, the the storage space is so large that the content is probably very lightly compressed. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's on top of that, it's 1080p as opposed to right, right. Uh, because I, our eyes can tell the difference. Yeah, apparently. And uh, I set up my surround sound, which was really cool. Uh, except for the fact that my subwoofer is, uh, the connection for it in the back of my receiver is shorted out. Ooh, so I have, nice. like, the box that came with my Rockman accessories, the USB connector and the power adapter and everything like that. And that little cardboard box that it came in. Uh-huh. Uh, that's holding my wire in a certain <laughs> orientation so that it gets the signal from my receiver. Oh, that's hopefully annoying. I'll, hopefully I'll have enough energy today to go and take it to this repair shop and see how much it'll cost to fix it. I'm really tired. Ugh. I've been up all night uh, playing. Let's see. Before I talk about what I've been up all night playing, I did play a little bit of Plants vs. Zombies like always. Yes! Due to Austin's uh, very, very intelligent recommendation. And I've also been playing Puzzle Quest on DS all week. Um, 
and let's see. I, I'm not really going to go into details about those. Um, let's see, what else? I've been playing Assassin's Creed, and I've, I'm on Memory Block. Well, I don't even know if it's Memory Block 5. I just finished Memory Block 4, where I had to kill, like, three people in the three towns or whatnot. And that was pretty fun. I did that in the course of, like, three days. And now I can move on to what I played yesterday, because I have nothing else. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Huh? I'll just mention it, but I'll have you talk about it a little bit more, Austin. But uh, we had the pleasure of playing Left 4 Dead, the first one, of course. Uh, mm. And it was Austin's first time playing Left 4 Dead. So Delicious. I'll let him talk about that. Mm. So yesterday, <laughs> after watching Orphan and setting up... Yes, so... After setting up my surround sound and um, watching Orphan and being tired, I had some coffee with some Jack, which is <laughs> oh weird you love combination your... because it's like the coffee keeps you awake while the Jack just like kind of fucks you up. doesn't keep you from going hyper. And, well, it keeps you from going hyper, I should say. Ugh. So uh, at like 2 o'clock in the morning, I decide... Not even at twelve o'clock. I was playing Trine. I played that till about two. Then uh, I was watching basketball while I was playing Trine. Basketball. And I saw the end of Black Knight because I just needed to watch throwaway movie. Right? Oh, stuff what? that I don't have to pay attention to. Then after Black Knight was over, it was like two, and I saw AMC was having this like all day Matrix marathon. So I caught the end of Matrix Reloaded and the entire Matrix Revolutions while playing Torchlight. <laughs> multitasking and so that was three hours of torchlight and then there was trying which both of those games are pretty fun like if you never played trying basically trying is a combination platform action and puzzle game and that's because of the three characters they have those separate elements the you have the wizard whose puzzle elements basically creates blocks and planks and stuff and you have to use them to get from one place to another then there's a thief who can jump uh, I think the thief jumps a little bit better than the others and can swing using a grappling hook, shoots arrows. And then there's a warrior who basically does nothing but fight. And you can switch between them at will to complete all the different tasks that are in the level ahead. And uh, it's pretty fun. Like I really didn't want to stop playing. And of course, Torchlight, that it speaks for itself. I really didn't want to stop playing that either. I wanted to go to bed at like 3. And I didn't go to bed till about five, five fifteen. <laughs> well, you, it was productive. Yeah, it was like one more floor. Ah, one more floor. One more boss. One more floor. Click, one click, more floor. click, 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 click. Well, let me try this one. One more floor. This is what Plants vs. Zombies does to me, or Plants did to, did to me before I beat it. What'd you say? And Plants vs. Zombies kind of does that to me too. I'm like. Yeah, I could do one more, one, one more level. And then it unlocks something in the bonus stages, and you're like, let yeah, me go see what yeah, that yeah, is. Yeah, and it's like, oh, I got is. money. Oh, I should go visit my garden. Oh, it needs to be watered. Oh, I got more oh, money. I, I, can... I don't have all of that. Oh, you will. I you know. will. I don't even want to talk about it. Right now, uh, I'm just concerned with trying to finish the adventure. I think I'm in the middle of... Well, I know I'm in the middle of level four. I don't know which one I'm in. The fog is annoying. Uh, but it's fun to deal with. Would you like and... a hint? No. Oh, because um, I'm I'm pretty much like I I do weird combinations of stuff just to see if I can win, and I, I've actually only lost once, and that was because I was on the telephone. 
Yeah, that was two days ago. Because you're on the phone. Yeah, like, I like how, I was how you play that shit while you're on the phone? I was playing walnut bowling and lost. Yeah. And I was like, damn, I completely screwed that one up. But um, I was just going to say, because like when I first played it, I was frustrated by the fog. Because like they, were, they, they they gave you, you know, specific items to counter the fog. And I'm like, I don't want to waste my slots using the specific items to fight away fog when I, you know, when they could having, be having other uses. I don't know if you've gotten Very a, true. I don't know if you've gotten a certain item yet, but yeah, I, I've gotten I, two. So I've used, yeah. Well, I've used a, a an item that is not directly, and I'm not going to spoil it for you since you don't, since you want to be surprised. But I used it for another purpose. And somehow, like it, it cleared away some of the fog, and I'm like, oh my god! I, you know, it didn't even occur to me that this would logically move the fog away. Wow! Oh, so, okay. I probably don't have that yet. Yeah, if you experiment a little bit, then you'll, you'll, you'll find it. But yes, continue, sir. I believe I'm done. Um, oh. I, I don't believe I'm playing it. Let me look at my Steam. But I was ready to listen. Aww. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm Stuff. gonna tell everybody what I bought from Steam through there. Uh, continuous holiday sale. Oh, God. Okay, yeah. That, that's fun to talk about. Oh, right my goodness. There. And today's holiday sale is uh, Red Letter 3 for $10, Morrowind for 5 Painkiller Collector's Pack for eight seventy four, <laughs> Motherfucking Trine for 5 I bought it for 8 on Christmas Day, mm. and uh, Counter-Strike Source for 5 Ooh, I'm, I'm, um, oh, so. I'm tempted to go for Painkiller. <laughs> I'm tempted to go for Morrowind because I don't actually own that. Yes, I used to own it, but I know I'm not going to play it. I have Oblivion, and that's good enough. Uh, you know, other than the fact that I now, you know, because it's freeware, uh, own Arena and... Uh, Daggerfall. Daggerfall. Why are you only $5 games? Why? And Why? <laughs> those those two games in and of themselves, like, I, I don't even know if I'm going to play them because, you know, they're, the interface is weird, and Dodgebox is kind of wonky, and... yeah. And some people can't pass the first part of uh, Arena. <laughs> yeah. Even me, like I tried it and I died, like on a rat. Like, e- like I got a, I got a hint guide, and it was just like half of half of whether or not you will make it out of this room is based on pure luck. So good luck after you get out of it. Come back to the guide. <laughs> I'm like, oh well then. Okay, so uh, December 25th, I bought Trine, Plants vs Zombies, Indigo Prophecy, the LucasArts Adventure Bundle, and the LucasArts Jedi Knight Bundle. Uh, then on the 27th I bought Torchlight, on the 30th I bought Jade Empire, the 30th I also bought Max Payne 2, and early, early, early this morning, I bought Sam Max Season 1 and 2. <laughs> Why are you $5 games? Why? Yeah, Why? Why? Wait, is, is Sam Max on sale, or you just bought it just to buy No, it? it was on sale yesterday. Uh, oh. it, the sale just ended a half an hour ago. But it was Sam Max Seasons 1 and 2 for $15. It's like a $60 oh, value right there. Yeah? Yeah. Pete's like, no, I have to go and buy stuff. See you guys. No, that would have been the only thing I probably would have bought. I mean, they had some good stuff there. Um, I can't remember what they are uh, anymore. I mean, I'm looking at the top 10. They had the Doom Complete Pack for like 10 or $15. But that was with Doom 1, Doom 2, Doom 3, and expansions and stuff. I think I have those as part of the uh, id pack. Yeah, you have those if you have the id pack. Uh, I, I didn't want to get it because I was only going to get it for co-op, and Doom 3 doesn't have co-op. And I really am not interested in playing Doom 3 by myself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they had Dead Space on sale, but I didn't get it because I, I don't know why. I, wanted I to did. Play it on Xbox. I don't know why. I did. Why, why uh, bitch? Get know. out the way. Get. Oh, wait, wrong song. Right. <laughs> uh, 
I was mad about it because I bought it for thirty dollars like a year and a half ago, but they had Civ Four for ten bucks, I think. Or five which I now bucks. own for ten bucks, and I'll never get. <laughs> I don't remember. Which. I got Civ Four for five bucks off Direct to Drive. Oh, look at you, big man on camera. Yeah, but it's not Steam. Twenty-five bucks. It's not. I was mad. It was the, the only thing that sold me was because it was five bucks, yeah. and it was mm-hmm. for that that time they were doing the. Uh, it was like five. Whatever, like there was like different games each week for five dollars, mm-hmm. and if you bought one of them, you got entered to, in a contest to win all fifty. So it's like, ah, eh, five dollars, I have a chance to win all fifty. I'll, I'll do it, but I didn't win. You get the game for five dollars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think I'm done. I ain't gonna talk about. It. I will follow suit with Al because Al and I have been like looking at this every day. We're like, yo, what's up on a Steam page? Shit, I want this. Don't get it. You're not gonna play it. I know, but I want it. Okay, fine. No. Oh wait, mm-hmm. there's something I want. I'm gonna get it. Don't get it too late. So we should save <laughs> that'll go good with the topic that I suggested, which we'll eventually hopefully get to it yeah. someday. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. no. I, yeah. <laughs> um, it, actually, I think we should talk about it next week. Like as soon as next week, it's a good topic. Uh, I, I will go into our agenda a little bit, but to follow Al's suit, Al's suit burns his suit. Um, December fifth, I actually bought Tomb Raider Underworld because I think it was like out for like ten bucks or something, and I was like, oh, okay, uh, I liked uh, like I like Tomb Raider Legend. I did. Um. I'm not sure if this is how bad it's gotten. I'm not sure if I owned if I owned the 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 remake of the original Tomb Raider, <laughs> Tomb Raider Classic or whatever the hell that one's called. Mm. Are you about anniversary? anniversary anniversary edition. There you go. I don't even know if I own it because <laughs> I, I don't know. I have to stop my um. I have to quit my um game tap subscription. Um, and buy all the games that I play on there on Steam. Not because um. One's better than the other, but like, I'm I'm not I'm using Steam more than GameTap, and I, I I'm wasting my money on GameTap. I didn't know GameTap was still even in, like around. Maybe it's not. I don't even know. Maybe that's why my credit card statement hasn't been uh, <laughs> showing GameTap. <laughs> I don't know, but hey, that's you haven't was... heard much out of it lately. I know that that shit was good while it lasted. It really was, and I'm I'm sad that it went away. But or not sad that it went away, but I'm I'm sad that it's I haven't. Still there. Yeah, I mean, I should say I'm sad that I haven't been utilizing it more, but mm-hmm. it's because before I had a type of like a, a type of schedule, or or at least I had available time to play it, where it justified the the X amount of dollars a month that I was paying. But now that like when I play games now, if it's not portable, it's like everything comes out in a bunch. Like I play a whole lot of Left 4 Dead with Al, and then I played some yesterday when I got home late. Um, and then I'm probably not going to even touch my PC for games for another two weeks or three weeks, you know? So now that my habits have kind of changed, GameTap doesn't make as much sense. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, again, like I, I, I said this before like, in many podcasts ago, but, like, it, it you know, it really was a good service. It, it probably still is, you know? And the only, the, only, the only problem is that it doesn't... It's not as smooth as Steam, where I tried to play Prince of Persia 2, and I mean Prince of Persia 2, not the, the Sands of Time trilogy, yeah, but Prince, Prince of the, Persia yeah, 2. original Prince of Persia. Yeah, and like it, it was kind of wonky at first to try to get it working on my XP laptop. This is back when I had XP on my laptop, um, <clears throat> on my work laptop, and it was kind of wonky to get it working, and then when I finally got it working, like it did that whole like look in the instruction manual to, uh, to, um, to get the code, right? Mm-hmm. And they provided the instruction manual, I think, as a PDF or something. Well, when I alt tabbed out to go to the PDF, it, it crashed, crashed the game. Yeah, so it was, you know what I mean? It's not that it's not as smooth. Um, um, just a, a little game tap information here. I don't know if it's any different than when, how it was when you got it, 
but now they have a classic version and a premium version where uh, classic, I guess you only play old games, and it's for $5 a month, and premium is everything for $10 a month. Um, so maybe that's why you haven't been billed, because they may have changed their pricing oh, structure. maybe, maybe. Um, but yeah, I, I gotta cancel it, and I will regret canceling it, because again, it's a good thing. But it's like, for people who play WoW, WoW is a great game, but if they stop playing it, why do they keep paying for it? So, right, that's you know. why I stopped paying for it. Um, but uh, let me actually go to what I was going to talk about after Al talked about this. Um, I bought so I bought Two Rain Underworld. Then uh, Christmas Eve, I bought Trine and Mirror's Edge for five bucks. Al was there when I bought the Mirror's Edge because I was like, I was like Mirror's Edge for five dollars. Maybe I should go get it. He was like, Oh, that was yesterday though, but the sale's done. I'm like, Oh shit. Then I went to the page and it was still there. I'm like, All right, let me grab it. And then like ten minutes after I grabbed it, we reloaded the page, and it was twenty bucks again after the sale had ended. They, so I kind of noticed that they did that, and then like. A day or two later, they started fixing the prices as soon as they did the update. Yeah. Um, and then three days later, on the 27th, I bought Dead Space for hour. A bunch of came out for like five bucks. Um, and then later, I bought Civ 4, which, I'm again, I'm not going to play. And then I bought Osmos for like $2. Yeah, two fifty. Um, and then yesterday, while I was at my family friend's house with my laptop on wireless, I saw that Mass Effect was $5, so... I nabbed that, even though I know I'm not going to play that. And I was like, you shouldn't get it because you're not going to play it. And I'm like, I know, but at some year, at some point, like in the next 10 years, I'm going to play it. So yeah, it's not so going to get any cheaper. I was telling Zergenum to play it because um, I saw the Mass Effect 2 cinematic trailer, and I was just giddy with excitement at the end. I don't know if you saw it, Pete. No, I've been trying to avoid like any kind of stuff about it. Oh, but this is just... Well, I guess. I mean, it, it just reveals like two of the characters in the game, but it's like a movie trailer that doesn't show any scenes from the game. It's just like all CG and whatnot. Kind of sets okay. the story a bit. It's pretty exciting. Like, kind of how... Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of something that was pretty exciting. Like, maybe Diablo 2's cinematic trailer from way back when, or Wait, well, no, not Diablo 3, because Diablo 3 didn't even really show anything. But it was really cool, and I was like, oh, you gotta play this, because, you know, it's a trilogy, and it's awesome, and it was like, kind of how, you know, the only trilogies that I remember kind of really being into in my life have been, like, the Matrix trilogy, and Lord of the Rings trilogy, where I've seen the first movie, and I'm expecting the second one, I've seen the second one, I'm expecting the third one. So you see a trailer and you're like, yeah, it's because something real gangster happens at the end or something like that. And you know everything in the universe, so you already know, like, shit's going down. It's not like you're confused and you're like, well, what the hell is that thing? So <laughs> that's why I was telling him he should play through Mass Effect so that when Mass Effect 2 comes out later this month, well, I mean, that this best case scenario, perfect world, that he'd be in it and be all about it, like, you know, somebody who's all in it and all, and all about it. it. <laughs> all in it and all about it. You guys are playing Mass Effect on PC, though. Is it coming out? Uh, is 2 coming out uh, both, uh, you know, day and date for PC and 360 That's what, that, that's what Al said yeah. last time, I believe, if, if, I, if I'm remembering. One twenty six ten. That's why oh, okay. I have this whole big um, pre-order thing on GameStop and Amazon and whatnot. You get all that stuff with the 360 and the PC version. Ubisoft's oh, entire okay. catalog is still 50% off. Oh. Oh what really? Yeah, I'm I'm so close to just clicking on Chaos Theory, even though I own it digitally already. I just don't I can't find the ISOs that I got from I can't I think I got that from Direct to Drive. I can't remember. Yeah, I was thinking about uh, 
Splinter Cell, but I wasn't really sure whether I should get it. Like the original Splinter Cell, because I know they don't have Pandora tomorrow, but they have Chaos Theory. Yeah, I don't uh, get that. Why? Pandora. Why? I don't get that. I don't know. It could be a licensing or, uh, you know, something like somebody's just forbidding the release of that digitally. Um, popcorn eyeglasses. Popcorn eyeglasses. Puppy helmet. That. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I decided not to get it. And then, of course, I, I was talking to Austin about getting the Sands of Time trilogy. But I really don't want to spend the money on it. And he said he has the first one and the third one for GameCube. First and second one for GameCube. Oh, the first and second of those are third. First and third. Nope. Third and one's for Xbox. That was Warrior Thin. Right. No. Third one is Two Thrones. That's what it is. Okay. Um, I thought of Two Thrones because of two. And or you could sign up for GameTap and play it for free. Yeah, right. I just remember the second one's Warrior Within because of his whole stupid dark. Oh, I yeah. hate that. I that absolutely hate that. I really hate it. It's funny because Maximum PC, like you know, they they take a whole different mentality. And every review that I've read was like, I'm sick of this attitude. It's terrible. And I'm like, I'm sure it's not that bad. Then I played it. I was like, it's terrible. And then Maximum PC is just like, we like the badass attitude. What's with those sissies who don't like it? I'm like, you guys are retarded. <laughs> I'm like, that that no, go away. I'm not reading your game reviews anymore. I'll just get you for hardware. Anyway, uh, what were you saying, Al? I was finished. Oh, good. Because what I have been playing, uh, of course, as Al said, Left 4 Dead is now a new kind of uh, addition to the family, as it were. Not in terms of having bought it, but having starting to play it. Uh, how many months after its early original release? Uh, a year and two months. Jesus Christ, I'm stupid. Yeah, but yeah, I'm finally playing it now, and everybody on Al's Facebook page is just like, oh, why don't you play Left 4 Dead 2 with all the cool kids? And I'm just like, I'll have it. I'm not going to play it, and Al doesn't have it. But I don't have it either, and I would play Left 4 Dead with you guys. Nonetheless, I am upset that I waited this long to finally start playing it. And I think that it is going to start weaning me off of Plants vs. Zombies. Oh, who am I kidding? I'm never going to be weaned off of Plants vs. Zombies because I got so much to... Wait, let me talk about <laughs> first before I go back into Plants. Because <laughs> I got to talk about that shit too. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was... Um, I, I had a, a, a wrong impression of um, oh, Left 4 Dead in terms of... Pete just said audio surf for $2.50. I've had it for a while, but I would have... Yeah, if, I have it too. I just yeah. didn't remember if you guys did. If I, uh, if I could buy a second copy just to, <laughs> just, to, just to put on my shelf, I would. But since it's digital only, I can't. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I'm trying to think of like how, how I thought of it at first. I thought it was... Um, I, I didn't realize how, um, how satisfying it could be in single player. And that's probably why I didn't start playing it until now. Um, until, like, uh, two days ago, Al and I were just like, alright, we have to play something multiplayer. Like, we haven't played anything multiplayer, and we talk to each other every week. So, we have to do something, and we decided to play Left 4 Dead, and then after we did that, I'll get back to this multiplayer in a second, but, um, <clears throat> uh, after we did that, then yesterday when I came home, played it single player, and because I was exposed to what the levels were like in, in, in multiplayer, I, um... I, I, I was like, alright, this, you know, this could, this could satisfy me in single player, because the impression that I had of it was it was kind of it was it would it would kind of feel like Quake 3 or Unreal Tournament in single player where yes you can play it single player but it's really 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 designed around 
like uh, the multiplayer, right? Which which this, which which also applies for Left 4 Dead, but those don't feel like those don't feel the same. I think, and I think mainly it's because of the fact that Left 4 Dead is a zombie game, and you know, quite a bit of it is atmosphere. And so when you're playing it by yourself, it's not like it's Resident Evil where you're running into walls because of the tank controls. Right. But but it's still, you know, you you know, the the whole things where you the whole thing about where you hear the noises around the corner and you're like, Shh, I hear a hunter and you know, you're you're looking all over to find the hunter because he's sneaking around, and then you hear the witch crying, but you don't know exactly where she is because you know the, the, there's an echo in the hallway, and she could be on the left, she could be on the right, and suddenly you startle her, and like she's running after you, and then you die because you're stupid like me. Um, and so, I guess that's why you know I I, I enjoy it single player now too, is you know, mostly the atmosphere, um, and the shooting. You know, obviously the shooting feels good. It's a it's a it's a Valve game, so obviously the me- mechanically it's very sound, um, mm-hmm. and it's it's. It's just more cathartic than something like an Unreal Tournament or a Quake Three. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just because zombie parts fly apart, and you know, it, it's all it's all <laughs> gooey and, and gross, and 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 there's so freaking many of them when the horde comes. That is one of the most satisfying experiences in gaming that I have experienced in 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 recent years. You know, seeing a horde come after you and just taking down zombie after zombie after zombie, and then like surviving that shit. Only True. to run into another horde ten minutes later. Um, of course, it's not that satisfying when you get spit up on by a boomer and then you can't see anything. <laughs> yeah, and then they come at you again. Yeah. Um, no, well, what I started doing was um, actually what I did with you, Al, in that game that we were playing was you know I'd get spit up on, but I saw a closet, and so I just went into the closet and shut the door. Oh, but they didn't break down the door when you. They didn't break oh, down the door. That's because they... there were three other people. Yeah, they were the three other people. So I'm just like, sorry, guys. Pretty much the best thing to do sometimes. You should have come in here with me. Um, but see, I don't know how the AI works. I don't know if they sniff you out and try to get to you in the most direct route possible, and they, and then like they they feel like you know what I mean. Like I don't know how well they've coded it. So you'd think that in a in a lesser coded game, if you if you're you know spit up on by a boomer and you're hiding in the closet, and like you imagine the the level that you're on from a bird's eye view, looking top mm-hmm. down. Like and if if it's not coded right, like the zombies will take the 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 straightest path possible to where you are, right? And so they'll oh, end yeah. up running into the wall. Oh no! You definitely. know what I mean? Instead of running around and then trying to get down the door. Oh yeah, they will definitely get to the door and uh, and try and break it down. Well, if that's the case, thanks three other people <laughs> mm-hmm. for saving my ass. But um, yeah, Al and I were playing. Uh, oh my God, the Odd World games are only for two fifty, but. I have the first one, not the second one. Okay. I'm just telling now what I'm getting. God damn it, Steam. Why do you do this to us? Um, Oracle. But, um, yeah, so we played uh, No Mercy, uh, which actually I also played in single player. Now, uh, I got scared, so I was like, I'm not going to play a new level with that Al, so <laughs> I'm just going to play No Mercy on normal because I suck. <laughs> but we played it on advanced, and I don't know if Al has ever heard me say, Oh, shit! More times in his life than he has heard me on, what was it, Thursday? Yeah, Thursday. It was hilarious. It was great. Like, every single time, like, either I got taken down by Hunter, or a horde started coming after me, or it was a monster in the closet scare, or, which isn't really closet monster scares, but, like, you know, he, he's around the corner when around you least expect it. Yeah. Or, a, like, you just see a boomer in the distance, like, pop out of nowhere, or, like, Those tank is coming. Agile. Or, or or whatever. Oh shit! 
What? What? What's up? What's up? What's up? No, nothing. I just saw. I just saw. Al <laughs> <laughs> was just sitting there, like calm and everything, like on the other on the other end of his mic, like just you know, all right. Oh, here's the hunter. Oh, here's this thing. And I was like, oh shit! Oh shit! What is that? What is well, that? Trust me, the first day I played Left 4 Dead, I was like that. Because <laughs> I'm still like that. <laughs> well, it's because like you know, you know, you see a zombie running at you, and that's fine. But when you see 27 running at you, <laughs> yeah. it's not so it's not so fine anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the uh, I, I really like the implementation of the uh, of the five different zombie types, and uh, that being the hunter, the smoker, the boomer, the witch, and the uh, the the tank. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of like they. I'm trying to think of what I've seen most commonly, but you know they they do a good job of balancing it out where they don't you know they don't side the fuck with you and send tanks at you every single time. Um, oh no! The yeah, tanks are usually in predetermined places. Uh, witches are sometimes in predetermined places, and the other three are randomly generated. Oh, because uh, when I was uh, when I was playing through No Mercy the second time, a single player, um, there's an area I believe before the subway. It's in the sewers, where oh no 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 yes yes it's it's between the subway and the sewers, where there is a mounted machine gun and you have to open the door. Uh, mm-hmm. For the horde to come in, that's where that's where you and I ha- saw our first witch. Yeah, um, she wasn't there. She was actually in the stairwell just beyond the door. So, right. so it was like in the same area, but not in the same exact place. Yeah, and sometimes they may not be in that area, depending on what the AI director wants. Right. They, basically, I think the AI director generates stuff uh, kind of based on how you play. Right. Uh, it's especially apparent in expert because expert mode is just insane. I mean, it, other than the fact that you know they actually do like real life damage to you, like if you get mobbed by a horde, you're pretty much not gonna survive. Um, I mean, you'll 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 survive, but you'd get incapacitated, and then you have to have somebody help you up, and then you know that'd be like the first battle of the first round, and you'll be red. You're like fuck, and tanks. You know how we were fighting the tank, and you'd be on the ground because he'd knock you down, and then he'd hit you like two or three times before you die? Uh-huh. Yeah, one time. <laughs> you knocked down, and he hits you while you're on the ground, you're dead. It, oh, my which God. Is, which, which is what would happen in real life. And the witch would also kill you in one hit. I mean, even though the witch kind of kills you in like two hits on advance. But uh, that kind of stuff really makes the game like exciting because you're really like you're running and gunning, but at the same time, you don't want to die. And go all the way back to the previous safe house. So you're like, I don't want to die. I gotta fucking survive. I gotta survive. Ah. Yeah, and that you know, uh, uh, oh, I can't believe I forgot to mention this in the comparison to other multiplayer focused games. Freaking uh, Counter Strike mm. was one of those games that I liked so much in multiplayer, and then I I I, I so desperately wanted to play a single player version of it. But this was before the retail came out, where they where they got. No, 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 this was before Condition Zero, where, where it was a single-player version of it, right? Right. Um, and um, I downloaded this thing called the PodBot, which is basically just bots. Right. And it just it, it just wasn't the same. It's nowhere near the same. Whereas Left 4 Dead, while, you know, while, you know, it's better with multiplayer, it's still freaking heart-pumping in single-player. And so, mm-hmm. yeah. But um, I, I think, so we were playing, and then all of a sudden this random guy <clears throat> just jumps into our game. Which is really weird because Al had said it to friends only. 
like, you friends with this guy? No. And he's like, no. And, and we were on, um, we were on just voice chat instead of in-game chat, so he couldn't hear anything we were saying. So we were, we were talking through, through, uh, through text, and he was basically the MVP. <laughs> this yeah, random person, random ass person like just kind of comes in, you know, is not obnoxious at all, just does his thing, and is like destroying everything around him, and is reviving people all over and shit. And we're just like, thank God you showed up. I'm like, I owe you a house now for as for for the many times that you revived me and healed me with your medkits. <laughs> but um, then both of us got t- uh, got taken down, and then um, <clears throat> and then the AI person got taken down, and so it was just him left in the sewers. Uh, and so we were watching him as uh, you know w- while we were while we were dead, and he he's just creeping down the hallway, and he sees a witch in like the narrow sewer hallway. Standing in the way the of where he has to go, and and like, Al and I are just like, oh shit! And you just see him type, no fucking way. <laughs> and so he he backs up for a little bit, and then just kind of waits for for maybe three seconds, and then like, I could almost hear him like you know, I can almost imagine him just saying, fuck it, and he just went ran yep. right for it and just started blasting away at her, and then he died. Yeah, it was like one last him. stand, one last like, ah, oh, I'm dead. But I was, you know, I just found that funny that he was just like, you know what, fine, I'm just going to go for it. Did he have any explosives on him? I forget. No, no. So that was even worse. Yeah, I mean, it would have been helpful to have, like, the Molotov, but he didn't have anything. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so that was my first experience with Left 4 Dead. Uh, we did not make it out of No Mercy because I had to go. Yeah, we were at the, the last stage, yeah. and we were having trouble <clears throat> because there were only three of us, and the AI guy was a dick. I mean, he, Bill. He, Bill was such a dick in that game. He took, he took a health <laughs> pack that I needed and healed himself with it. And you know, I, I, out of the courtesy of being, you know, a team player, healed him with my health pack and got dead giveaway the achievement with it. And this dick face goes out and, <laughs> and steals my health pack. My hand is reaching out for it, and it, he just runs by it like a, like a griefer. <laughs> and uses it. <laughs> Are you sure that was an AI? <laughs> yeah, man. And uh, so we we kind of didn't make it through. Like I think we made it to the second wave of um, the final stand, and then we it just kind of went to hell. And then we had, we both had to go. I had to go to sleep, and also had to go out. Let me tell you what happened in single player. I forgot. It was in the in the fourth level in the hospital when we were going up the high rises. Um, into the construction area. There's one room with an open door um, that leads into an elevator shaft. If you fall down it, you land on top of an elevator, yeah. and you have to find your somehow find yourself uh, find yourself a, an exit or something. I got hit by a zombie into that elevator shaft, landed on top of the elevator, and then got pounced on by more zombies. And I was in pro- I was in you know vulnerable mode uh, where where I couldn't move. Oh okay. So. I'm shooting the zombies off me, and I managed to survive the zombie attack, because there were only, like, three of them that had been pouncing on me. And so I managed to survive that. And, you know, my character, Lewis, he goes, Help! Help! I'm down! I need revival! And I look up at the elevator shaft, and my three teammates are just kind of standing there looking around. (laughs) Just looking. Wait, this is a single player? This is a single player. Aww. And I'm like, Hello? Help! Help! And eventually I get fed, because I'm bleeding out, and I'm going from like 248 to 235, and then to like to 200, and I'm like, fuck this shit. And so I just start shooting Bill. 
<laughs> like I'm like, oh, get down here and help me. And like I- I'm like, should I type anything? I don't think it's gonna work because these are bots. I used to do that when I was playing single player Unreal Tournament because I used to play a lot with with my friends in college and like Al. Sometimes I play with you. Mm-hmm. And then when I moved back uh, when I moved back home for the summer, I didn't have uh, high speed internet at that year, and so I just like start typing to the bots. <laughs> and with the bots would do those stupid like uh, default taunts like you want some of this or like hey, die bitch or no shit like that. I type in like mm-hmm. shut up please stop. <laughs> Why are you trash talking so much? Why you gotta be an asshole? I know you're just a bot. <laughs> Why am I typing to you? So, I was uh, yeah, I was contemplating should I just like type like like help me or or God mode or something like that? And then I just started shooting Bill again. He was like, "Watch where you're shooting. That hurt. What the hell's wrong with you?" I'm like, "What the fuck is wrong with me? I'm down here and you're not." So so I finally just got up and went to the kitchen. And when I came back, they restarted in the safe room. So I'm just like, "All right, fine." Um, but yeah, that that was pretty frustrating. <laughs> I would just like to mention, just as a quick uh, <clears throat> non-secretary comment, that Torchlight has an achievement for installing a mod. <laughs> and and then they have one for five mods installed at the same time and ten mods used at the same time. Let me tell you what I'm going to do right now. I'm going to minimize Steam because it, keep on, it keeps on scrolling through all the goddamn deals. And I'm like... I need to buy this. 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 And I, and, and I clearly don't. So I have yes, I have moved off the Steam page. Um, what else have I been playing? There's Plants vs Zombies. I, I went way too long on Left 4 Dead, so I'm gonna cut the Plants vs Zombies thing a little short. But I uh, I played through um, all the I had already by the, by the last podcast I had already unlocked all the mini games, and I had already beaten all the puzzle games. And then I discovered that there was survival mode, and so recently I beat all the survival mode levels. Um, and I got the what is called the 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 Nobel Peace Prize, which is the Golden Flower Trophy. Which anybody who's played Plants vs Zombies on the title screen, it's just that silver trophy sitting there. And when you get it, it just turn, turns gold, and there's an achievement for that. Um, and then I started, you know, fidgeting with the plants because my garden was getting full. And I discovered that you could sell your plants for like eight thousand dollars a piece. And I was like, all right, that's kind of huge. And then I discovered that there were more gardens. Like, you have your regular garden, but then there's the water gar- there's the aquatic tank for your water plants and the backyard nighttime garden for your mushroom plants. And I'm just like, this is terrible because I'm going to play this more now just to get enough money to buy these gardens. And then I'm going to play the survival mode again to get more plants to put in the gardens until all my gardens are full and I've collected every plant. There's an achievement for that. Uh... And until I've bought everything in the shop. Like, my goal is to buy everything in the shop. Um, oh, and grow the Tree of Wisdom to 100 feet. You didn't know about that, did you? There's a Tree of Wisdom, which you can grow with a separate type of tree food. So, mm-hmm. you need money for that. So, now I'm like, I thought I was done with the game. And I'm not done with the game. And I'm reading the chat room, and Pete says, LucasArts Adventure Pack for 249 I'm getting that in Indigo Prophecy so far. Still looking. Fuck you guys for mentioning this. Yeah, that was. <laughs> <laughs> this is Steam. Steam is terrible. It should not exist. <laughs> and I have to add Plants vs Zombies because I still don't have it yet. So that's going on there as well. Yes, you will. Uh, there's no multiplayer for that, unfortunately. But you know, uh, well, I don't know what they could do with that for multiplayer. Are you serious? What? Another quick aside. I'm, I'm still looking at the Torchlight achievements. There is a achievement to beat, I guess, the last boss on very hard hardcore, where <clears throat> hardcore is you, you die as permanent, 
and 0.1% of all players have <laughs> done that, which means that at least one person has beaten this game or very hard hardcore. Without dying. Yeah, without dying. That's crazy. Shit. But yes, Plants vs. Zombies. It's like, <clears throat> it's it's one of those games where if, okay, as a, as a reviewer, you, you, you tend to want to finish the game. Just finish it. So, at the bare minimum, you want to beat level 510, Plants vs. Zombies. Say that you finished it, and, and say that, like, you know, oh, here here's some unlockable stuff. The problem is, is that you're not, like, <clears throat> not all players are going to sit there and unlock every single thing in a game. So if you, you know, if you, if you write um, a review for something that has a lot of unlockable stuff, and you don't unlock everything, you know, you still kind of have a good sense of, of how the game goes, but you don't ever get that uh, that full kind of sense of exactly what it has to offer. And so I was, you know, I was ready to, you know, throw up a, a Try Games review for Plants vs. Zombies like three months ago because I really liked it. But when I came back to it and saw all this stuff just kind of unfolding and because it's not an open world game or like one of those other games that like it, it, it's kind of hard to not hard to get into, but <clears throat> it takes a lot of out, a lot out of you to play like this is I mean, this is this is, you know, really simple, you know, to get into. It's really accessible. And. All the stuff that unlocks is just like, you know, as you keep on playing, oh, shit, so it's kind of like Advance Wars, I should say that. It's Advance Wars in the way that, you know, you're, you're playing it, and it's easy to get into, and, and it, it, you just get all the shit thrown at you, like, the, the um, in Advance Wars, that would be the points, right? The, mm. uh, well, I should say, yes, in Advance Wars, uh, up, all the way up until a day of, Days of Ruin, which just unlocks stuff as you went in the game, uh, all the events was up to that, like, you'd buy stuff with the points, and they were pretty generous with all the points that you got and the, and the prices that you had to pay to unlock that stuff. So you were just like, it, it, same thing as Medios too, right? You, you just yeah. get all this shit, and you'd be like, oh, I'll buy this, 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 that, that, this, that, this, that. Oh, shit, I'm broke. Let me go play some more. Oh, now I got a lot of money. I'm going to buy this, that, 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 this, that. And when Plants vs. Zombies, it does both, where every single time you pass, like, two or three stages, you'd unlock a new bonus game, or you'd get a lot more money, with which you could buy more stuff in the shop. And then in the shop, you want, you could buy stuff that expanded your gameplay, like all the gardens. So it's just like, it's it's going in both directions, and, you know, giving you money, and also just give, just throwing stuff at you. So you can't, but help to just be like, oh, this is new. I'll give it a try, and then they let you sell your plans for even more money. Then, then you know, you go crazy. And my, you know, my instinct was just to keep on going. And even now that I've seen all the stages and I'm about to beat it for the second time, I'm just like, I need to find a way to grind for money. Who the hell grinds in a popcap game? <laughs> I mean, really? <laughs> it's a popcap game. I just kind of got to that realization. Who who grinds in a popcap game? Right, like. Fuck Peggle, like, you know, I'll play a little bit and I'll just, you know, I don't know. But this is so, like, I think it's the zombie factor. And I know that people are getting sick of zombies, but whenever you, you know, kill a zombie and its head pops off, I, I, I am very giddy, and it is very <laughs> satisfying. And I was telling Al while we were playing Left 4 Dead, I think they should do a crossover with Left 4 Dead and uh, Plants vs. Zombies, where, like, they put boomers and... They put boomers and hunters and smokers and hordes into uh, into Plants vs Zombies. They already have something that like the tank, except he's not fast moving. Um, but I think that, I think that would be cool if they put like if every so often they'd like inject a horde into the game and just overrun your shit. Of course, they'd have to give you the proper items to fight back. 
but I think they should do that. Uh, what else I've been playing? Um, uh, that's it, pretty much. I need to stop playing Plants vs. Zombies. Pete, what have you been playing? Well, you already did me. I know. Let's move on. <laughs> We're going to move on to uh, to our uh, our main segments after after a short break, but just to uh, give you a taste of what's coming up. It's going to be a Final Fantasy-driven episode. Um, last week, uh, we, we, we mentioned that we do the 32-bit Final Fantasies, specifically 7, 8, and 9. And then I saw this pretty cool uh, blog feature on oneup.com written by Jeremy Parrish, which is basically a community-driven feature <clears throat> called Why Do We Play Final Fantasy? And it basically, he pulled a whole bunch of 1UP users on, you know, I guess just why this franchise has been around for so long and why people continue to play it. So we're going to get into that a little bit. But first, musical interlude. All right, we are on to our uh, main segments. We're going to start off with Let's Rebooting first. Uh, as I mentioned, we're going to talk about the Final Fantasy games that came out on the PlayStation and some for PC, specifically Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy VIII, and Final Fantasy IX. Originally, I wanted to do like the 16-bit ones, but Pete, I believe you said you didn't play the 16-bit ones, right? Well, like I said, I played three or six, depending on what you want to call it. Six. And I know I've played the original, but yeah, that's about as much as I can remember. Right. Um, okay, so Final Fantasy seven, eight, and nine. I I remember, I remember seeing uh, that you know that that demo, not that demo, but the uh, the article about that video that was leaked for the Nintendo sixty four, uh, showing a whole bunch of Final Fantasy six characters in polygonal form and getting all hyped up about it. And then um, Game Die Hard Game Fan, which is a magazine that was out way back when, for for those who don't know. Um, had a bunch of screenshots of, uh, and, and described how you know they were using the analog stick to to draw spell commands like like a five point star uh, yeah. and all that type of stuff. And I was you know I didn't really care about the mechanic. I was just looking at it. I was like, oh my god, this, this looks amazing. Ooh, look at Terra, she's in polygons. Look at Locke, he's in polygons. Oh my god, oh my god. And then I think I can't remember how many months later, but they that's when uh, that's when Square was just like, you know what, we're gonna go with this with the PlayStation. And I was all just, like, mad because up until that point, I was still, like, all about, like, the N64, even when I didn't have one because my friend had one. I'm like, oh, my God, now I don't want to get in this. This ruins my plan. I'm not going to get anyone. And um, I was just kind of off of Final Fantasy for a little bit. And then I pl finally started playing it at a friend's house. And I really wasn't... Uh, I, I got to say, at first, I wasn't too impressed by it. And I think mostly because I, I think it was mostly because Pete dropped off the call and we have to get him back. <laughs> Fantastic. But uh that has nothing to do with Final Fantasy. I was just uh, uh I was making a nice segue because I'm I'm slick like that. No. But we're going to invite him back to the conference just in a second. Um He <laughs> he texted me to say, Hey, guess what just happened? <laughs> so we lost Pete. 
uh, for a second. He's going to try to rejoin the call, but uh, uh, like I like like I was talking about before, we were doing uh, our let's rebooting a Final Fantasy Seven. I was talking about Seven not being so impressed by it. Um, from an aesthetic standpoint, obviously, I was just like, oh my god, this looks so great. You know, it's fun. But from like uh, you know, from a from I guess a, a, a gameplay and um, story perspective, I guess the whole thing about Seven. Uh, besides the visuals, for me at least, when I was reading up all about it, was how they, you know, it was, was Cloud, right? They, a lot of people were talking about how, as a protagonist, he was like a mercenary, and he was just like, just concerned with his money, and that's all that he cared about. And this was kind of a new, well, for most people, it was kind of a new thing to experience, especially in the Western world, where most JRPGs gave you spunky, you know, heroic types, or, or, or you know what I mean? Good, yeah. pe- good, good guys or happy guys or whatever, and people are just like, oh yeah, Cloud's badass. It's kind of cool, and I'm just like, it's not that I think it's a bad thing generally, but he was so transparent in the beginning that I was just kind of like, all right, well, I'm not really into this. And then like, um, what was the first mission? The first mission was the train, the train run into the Malco reactor, right? Yeah, to bomb the Malco reactor. To bomb the Malco reactor, and and you know, I'm going through this thing and like. There, there's, there's something. Uh, there was something about it that just, it just lacked that magic. I know that sounds really stupid, but it, it lacked that, that kind of spirit that I had always associated with the games before. Um, and I guess not until you get into Midgar proper and you go to the Avalanche headquarters, and then you, you know, you see Barrett with his daughter, and and it starts. And, and not, not to say that spirit or soul is directly associated with kitty shit. But there, there's some, there, there was just something about it that didn't feel right until you got to Midgar. And until you saw, you know, their rendition of, like, a slum and then, you know, that, that whole thing. So it, it didn't start coming together until then. Um, and then you had the whole Tifa and, and, and Cloud talking about their childhood. And, and I, I think what, what really started drawing me into the game finally was, um, I, I guess, when you... I don't even know. I don't even know. It, it, I have a really weird, odd relationship with Final Fantasy VII because because of all like the turmoil with the whole Nintendo and Sony thing, and then mm-hmm. and then uh, not starting out really impressed with it, and then by the time you here's where it started coming together. When when you started, I remember the first time that I visited the Shinra building at my friend's house. We went straight in through the front door. Ha <laughs> guns blazing. When I when I got the PC version, and I played it on my own, I went up the stairs. <laughs> Ghostbuster style. Yeah, and um, it was just uh, yeah, exactly when they're like, <sighs> and it was just you know, it, it's just little 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 stupid shit like that. Like oh, you, you know, you, you're given the choice, and you know, it 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 slightly changes how you play the game, but you just you know, you, you have this shit eating grin on your face when you go up the stairs because it's really retarded and it's so stupid. You're just going upstairs, but it's just it's just funny to think that like. That you have this stupid choice, and, and this is before you know Grand Theft Auto. This is in the PlayStation One era, and you know you usually had RPGs that were like completely story driven or you know unplayable. Or on the PC, there were things like, but it was it it wasn't about it's not about the choice. Is my point here? But it's just about like that feeling that you get when you do something retarded like that, and and I don't know. There's something there was something about it that it was just like all right, you know, and I'm uh, this is this is the silliness, I guess. That I re- that I kind of remember f- some Final Fantasies for, um, and the whole um, the whole part where you had to cross dress, yeah, 
and talk to all the people and then do all those stupid mini games like in in the in the gay gym mm-hmm. when they're all that type of stuff. Um, and then it just blew up. And when you get out of Midgar and you realize that the entire time you spent like all those hours was just in Midgar, and you get out and the whole world just kind of opens up for you, and it's just like that's the first time you hear the overall theme. And with Final Fantasy, music has always been a very big part of my experience with it. Yep. And so that was just kind of when it was, you know, from an aesthetic standpoint, I was just like, wow, you know, this is now it's now it's really starting. Now it's grabbing me. Um, and and I guess it's because Midgar in and of itself was pretty intricate. It was it was a world in and of itself. Right. It was. And then you get out of that world and there's a bigger world waiting outside for you and you get to places like Calm Town where it's just like this is a totally different looking place with a different music set and then you get to like Cosmo Canyon and it's like this is totally and it was just you know that that's that type of thing that that grabbed me about the other games you know you get the airship in Final Fantasy 4 uh you 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 come to the second world in Final Fantasy 6 mm-hmm. um you uh you you visit those other worlds with the airship in Final Fantasy 3 Provided that you made it that far, because that game doesn't have any save points, which is retarded. Um, and and that's kind of you know that that's I think when it mostly came together for me. Well, see, not 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 came to, not starting to come together, but like when it completely just was like, all right, now I see the big picture because it started to come together for me at the mansion at the cross dressing thing, and then that that's when it just fully was like, all right, now I remember why I like this franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, you brought up Final Fantasy three, and I, I find it. Things like that are things that just kind of like blow my mind in terms of. Wait, three American or three, no, three as no, we I'm know it now, in, or three as in Super Nintendo? Okay, I'm just making I sure. Yeah, I speak in the originally intended numbers. Okay. Uh, when you're fighting on, you know, you're doing all this stuff on what you think is the world, and the world is like, you're like, wow, this game must be really short because this world is so small, and you come to find out that the world that you're playing on is just a fraction. A very small fraction at that of what the real world is that you're involved in. That kind of stuff really blows my mind. Like that happens in seven. Um, I don't think it it has happened again because I I think ten is just straight like pretty much linear. It's not like it gets to a point where um, you're doing all this stuff and they're holding you by the hand and then they let you go. Like yeah. that's what seven does. Eight, yeah, eight and nine don't don't really do that either because like. No. Well, like the okay, so eight has a space thing, and nine, you know, has yeah, that. But little... you actually don't explore, in right? Space. You just kind of have a segment there. Yeah, and then nine, like, yeah, it has those, you know, it has that little thing at the end. Yeah, but, but that's the end. It's it's not like I should. That... I, I well, okay. To be fair, to be fair, um, it's similar to in Final Fantasy Four when you get the big whale. That's what I'm going to say. And you hit at the moon. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna save that for the for the main segment where we talk about the like the the entire series at, mm-hmm. at large as for all we play. But so okay, so I guess nine kind of does it, but seven I think has it over the other two games. And 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 you're speaking to someone for whom for who nine is arguably his second. And I'm talking in the third person. Nine is arguably my second favorite Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. As as it stands right now, because I haven't played all the way through ten and every, anything else. I think seven has it over that, it, 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 particularly because it dares to do it like I, I shouldn't even say dare, but it does it like right in the beginning. Yeah, that's, and that's the whole big thing about it. It's like when I first played Final Fantasy seven, 
I thought that it was like a sci-fi cyberpunk kind of game. And then right, right after you, you know, you go through everything and you destroy Shinra and you finally leave Midgar, you, you just come to think, wait a minute, this, this is not what I thought it was right. going to be. And now everything is fantasy again. It's, it's not only, like, I thought Final Fantasy VII was like a sci-fi game at first. Right. But and it, yeah, it, it combines the two very well. Right. But exactly. after the initial sci-fi, you know, futuristic looking, uh, Midgar part, it goes back into traditional, you know, there's no cars, there's no bikes, there's no anything. The only method of transportation is chocobos and that's one airship in the world and things like that. And it seems like, you know, if they could, they could have had a, a zillion airships circling around, um, Midgar. Right. See, uh, crap, I forgot what I was going to say. Damn it. No, but, um, yeah, I, oh, I remember. You, you talk about games like, uh, like Dragon Quest Seven or Grandia, where the opening stanza, I, I, and I haven't played Seven. This is what I've heard from everyone who's played it. Seven, I heard, starts off notoriously slowly. Oh, okay. And Grandia, I spent the first 45 oh, minutes God. chasing a goddamn cat. Yeah, that, 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 that's why I couldn't play it. That game may be fantastic, and I, I, I promise myself that it will get to it. It's staring at me. It's sitting on my shelf. Um, there are a lot of PlayStation games that I have to get to. But for the first 45 minutes, I was chasing a cat, okay? And I was just kind of like, you know what? The, I'm, I spent all this time in this town chasing this stupid cat, and Final Fantasy does something similar in terms of keeping you enclosed in one space, for a very long amount of time at the beginning of the game, but, you know, they, they make the simple... They, they, they answer the problem, the question, very simply. They said, we're going to throw you right into a fucking mission, dude. We're going to throw you into a mission, have you start fighting, um, you know, introduce you to these characters really quickly, um, and then you get back to town, uh, and there's a lot of stuff to do in this one town, um, and there are a lot of missions that you're going... Like, you know, the Shinra building is within Midgar. So, mm-hmm. you know, everything is within that space that you're doing. It's not like you're just going around talking to people. Like, you're actually, even, even Zelda, okay, um, starts off notoriously slowly, where you have to sit there and go through all these tutorials. Uh, you know, tutorials, you know, ingrained into the story, mind you, but they're basically tutorials. You know, oh, Link, um, can you show me how to shoot that bow again? Oh, Link, can you show me how you do all that sword fighting? That's awesome. Hey, Link, help me herd these sheep. See, you know, I don't really have a problem with that. I just have a problem with the the context. Like, in Grandia, it's like you're living simple city life, well, city, simple country life as a kid, chasing a cat, and it's just so uninteresting. Right. But in Final Fantasy VII... You're 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 still doing that whole kind of tutorial type of thing, but well, you're, th- you're, you're in a fucking right bombing in. mission. Yeah, you're thrust and the right music into the battle. Is crazy, and, and you know, in Final Fantasy IV, you were returning from not even returning. You were headed to Mysidia to steal a freaking crystal. You know, and... it, it it took me a long time to realize that those were flashbacks. Yeah, it took me a long time. Like not until I had, I had already played it for like like eight years, and I looked back at it, I was like, oh, he's. Why? Are th- That's why they're intercutting this. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it's like things like that make the um, the, in- the beginning, the exposition, interesting, even though it may be kind of slow. Like uh, I'm trying to remember what happens in six. Um, six is nar- it, the mines at Narsh. Right, the mines at Narsh, and, and, it, and that, it's yeah, 
I should. I we should. Say. Oh my God! We should save this for the next next segment. But I want to talk okay, about it. So let's talk about eight and nine. Let me uh, let me note they, let me notate this so I remember okay. what to talk about. Four intro, six intro. <laughs> okay, um, but eight's yeah, intro I, yeah. Is, is is I think eight's introduction in comparison to seven right. is slower, but the intro FMV gets you going. Right. Well, it, let, it really let me get you into it. Let me really quickly remark on the Zelda thing that I brought. I brought mm-hmm. that up because it's not uninteresting as far as Zelda goes, but. You're still starting off slowly. True. You're not you're not thrust into things, and I think that's what you know. That's kind of that's what Final Fantasy does so well, and that's what Zelda, up until Ocarina of Time, and oh my God, Ocarina of Time was so slow, and 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 it was even slower for me in Wind Waker. Okay, it was much slower for me in Wind Waker. Yeah, that was one of the similar beginning. Yeah. yeah, and that was one of the reasons why I it took me so long to even start the first dungeon. And I I I I beat the first dungeon of Wind Waker, not not even the first dungeon, but the first major area. And I haven't played it since. I can't bring myself to play it. But anyway, um, and then you know, Twilight Princess, as good as it is, you know, still kind of did that. Think about it. The original Zelda starts you off in the middle of nowhere. Says yeah. go get a go get a sword, or or you could die. I don't care. I don't know you. Zelda 2 starts you right off at the princess. She's asleep, and you're like, shit, I gotta go f- find something to do. Zelda 3, all right, Link to the Past on Super Nintendo. You wake up from a dream. Your uncle heads out. It's raining. It's storming. The music is all, like, sinister-ish kind of sounding, and you're like, I gotta follow him. I gotta go into this castle. I don't know what I'm doing. All I can do is pick up bushes. You find your uncle dying, and he gives you the sword. He's like, go. Then Ocarina of Time happens, and you're like, you're, you're waking up from a dream, and you have a fairy with you, and you walk around the town, and you're like... Talking to everybody. Talking to everybody. a little political bullshit. Yeah, and it's just like... And I'm not saying that it's necessarily bad for bad for it, but I I think that the things that have gripped me more is just when they, they just throw you into it, and that's what Seven, you know... Seven would have done that for me had I not been kind of like had I had I a been in the right mindset because remember I didn't you know I was I, I still wasn't kind of impressed with it at first because I wasn't thinking on that at that level at that mm-hmm. moment in time that I started playing it I was mostly like because I was at my friend's house I was right. at Alex's house I was just kind of sitting on the couch watching him play it and then he handed a controller over to me and I started playing I'm just like yeah whatever and then you know but had I had I like been this kind of wide eyed kid got my first PlayStation, finally got Final Fantasy VII, played it by myself at 10 p.m. with the lights off, just starting to play it, that would have been like, oh, that would have grabbed me right there. Yeah, Yeah, and the second time, when I played it for myself, when I finally bought my own PC version, that's when, you know, that that's when I started to, that that it did grab me at that point. I'm like, okay, I'm in the right mindset, you know, I have my own copy now, and, you know, whatever. Eight, okay, let's see. Pete, for all those guys who are concerned about him, should be back in a moment. So everybody cheer for Pete. Yay. Yay. Maracas, maracas. Sorry. Um, so, okay, so eight, yeah, you're right. The opening cinematic is kind of what, what what draws you in. Well, not what drew me in, because I still haven't been drawn in yet. Um. But, so you talk about that part. What, you know, you so you start off with that cinematic, and, and, and then you, it leads right into the story, because... Um, Squall is in the infirmary after being cut in the head by Safer and his... Uh, and then he sees alone in the window, right? Right. And, you know, you being new to the game, like, who the fuck is that? And then you, you know, you just do regular school stuff. You go into school, you go to class, and you do your uh, seed uh, stuff, you know, getting Ifrit and 
then you know between that point and going to uh Dalit for the uh for, for the, the raid for, for the, the mission exam, yeah it's relatively slow but i think that just the whole school environment it it doesn't alienate you because it's something that's a little bit more familiar a little bit closer to you it, it i i think that from a teenager on you can kind of relate to that school environment it's it's very where... it's very japanese Yes, it if is. Think also... about it, because if you look at games like Persona, like they're so, so very Japanese, and what part of that is like you're playing as kids, mm-hmm. technically, like these these seventeen year old, eighteen year old kids with big ass swords, or in Persona's case, kids that shoot themselves in the head <laughs> in school. You know, like, sorry, yeah. go ahead. Um, see, there's not that much of a disconnect where, as in a game like Brandia, the, there's a huge disconnect because you're playing as a child, and you, you, the player may not necessarily be a child, and they may feel that disconnect. Like this is silly. Right. That's how I felt when I played Grandia, and I literally have not passed the first town in Grandia. I didn't even get to go. I, I think I might have had one battle in the game. <laughs> um, and it's weird because you take another game like Suikoden, which starts out pretty much as slow. It doesn't thrust you into battle. I don't. I'm trying to remember here. The only thing I can remember is where's my food for some reason, um, <laughs> which I, I just love that line. But um, I believe that Suikoden does not start you in a battle. Um, I think it starts you with just general exposition about the kid and his home style, the way he is, and uh, with his partner, guy who's always looking around, looking over him or whatever. And it's kind of easier to get into because the that the activities and things you do are just kind of relative. It's not like chasing a goddamn cat. I mean, come on. <laughs> even How does... Yeah. Uh, even uh, the Ocarina of Time. I mean, yeah, Link's a little kid, and he's running around running errands and stuff, but there's just something about it that doesn't seem too elementary, doesn't seem too childish, something you can kind of relate to, so it gets you going. It's slow, but it doesn't alienate... It doesn't actively alienate like uh, at least i should say i should speak personally it does not alienate me you don't like chasing cats bitch no how does nine start i don't remember. nine starts with vivi's story right he's he's in Lindblom. no he's not in Lindblom. he's in um uh alexandria i think just wandering around i don't uh, think they thrust it's been so long since i played that game but nine does it see nine does it in some kind of creative way where it, it it also like eight. It doesn't thrust you into to, into battles or anything, but it. I think it's the I think it's the perspective. You know, it kind of mimics six in that you start off with Terra, but then you you jump into Locke's shoes as if Locke was your main character. Right. And I think it does that because you start off as Vivian nine, and then you finally get to Zidane, who in Japan I think his name is actually pronounced Jitan, but I uh, I I don't know. <laughs> They named him after a soccer player in the American version. So, what have you? But yeah, I think I think they they kind of do that shoe jumping type of thing, and that kind of keeps things lively, keeps things jumping. Um, and to 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 go on a tangent for a second, that's kind of what makes Dragon Quest Four pretty appealing to me. Is not that they shoe jump um, so often in the beginning, but like the first four chapters of that game is one big shoe jump after another. <laughs> It, you start off as a hero, then you start off as uh, one of the knights, and then you 
go to the sisters, I think, and then you're Torneko. I forgot. Taloon. That's what his name is in that game. And then, like, you finally go back to the hero, and you bring them all together. Um, and that keeps things interesting, even though Dragon Quest IV, by all rights, is mundane, kind of old-school game. That's what keeps things going, is, is how they, you know, how they present it. Right. Unlike Seven. <laughs> but, so, so let's get back to, uh, after we've, we've covered the openings, and, and how Seven, I think, does it better than Eight and Nine. Um... And, and I, I want to get Pete's input on this when he finally does come back. And he's online, so let's bring Yay! him back into the call. Da 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 da. Ring 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 ring. Here you. Hey Pete. Huh. Weird. <laughs> I think maybe he crashed again. Yep. He just left again. Ah. Uh, well. Let's continue. We thought Pete was coming back, but he's not. Uh. He's still got another issue to handle. So hopefully he'll join us in in the, within the next half hour. But um. So going back to Final Fantasy VII. That game in particular, uh, uh, what uh, kind of what jumps out to you? What's you know what's memorable about it to you? Um, likes, dislikes. Um, well, let's see. I already explained the uh, transition from playing in Midgar to playing throughout the rest of the world. Standing out, I think that stands out the most for me. Um, of course, one thing that you really stands out pretty well. In, stands out to anybody who's had any experience with Final Fantasy is the Nibelheim incident and Sephiroth destroying the town and um, that one scene right there where he's walking through the fire. That's something Mm. I think that, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't think anybody can really forget. That's iconic. That that is one of the most iconic moments in in the franchise, I think. Yeah. And, um... uh, Let's see. I... Something I hate a lot is the 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 theme park. Uh, <laughs> the, what is it called again? It's called, the Golden Saucer. Yes, the Golden Saucer. I hate the Golden Saucer. Um, I hate the Golden Saucer primarily because they like for stupid reason they they charge you GP to save. And oh. It's like the save point costs five GP. And you're like, what the fuck? That's so and, meta because they they would do that in real life if there were yeah, save points they in would. real life. And um. You know, all the games give you, like, so little GP, and you have to put in so much work and so much time to get the good stuff out of it. A lot of the games are terrible. Like, that basketball one, you know, me yeah. being a basketball guy, that sucked. I mean, you can't expect it to be great, but it's just, you know. Right. But, um, you know, little things like that um, made that Golden Saucer experience very annoying. Um Chocobo racing is actually rather memorable to me, especially since I went through it a second time. And what's funny about it is that when I, excuse me, when I did it on PC, it felt like looking back on it, it felt like it took a lot longer on PC, even though I had a strategy guide in front of me, than it did when I was playing recently. I thought that it, it took a lot more than just you know you get a certain type of chocobo and another certain type of chocobo, and then you race them a couple times, and you breed them, and then you take that one, and you feed them, and you race them a couple times, and then you breed them with one of the other ones, and blah, 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 blah. Um, so, that was that. Um, there is something... You know what stuck out in Final Fantasy VII to me? Yuffie. <laughs> Stealing your materia, and running all around Wutai, and you chasing her, the very first time I did that, I had this feeling like I was never going to get my material back. 
<laughs> I mean, grant, you know, I was like, what, 15, 16, so I didn't really understand that, you know, this is just a segment of the game, and once you finish that segment of the game, you're, you'll get all your stuff back, because that's just how the game works. I was just like, oh god, I find this girl, and it's so annoying, because she keeps going from place to place, blah, blah, I'm never going to get more material back. And for some reason, I just, I, I have never forgotten that feeling. But it turned out the second time I played, it, my experience feels a whole bunch different because I feel like, and maybe it's because um, you do have the option of picking up Yuffie earlier in the game when you're running through the forest and then you fight her and then you have to say the right things and then she joins your party. Mm-hmm. But I think that when I played the first time, I didn't have her join my party and she stole my materia. <laughs> And I was chasing her around, but I had to fight at the same time. I don't even remember. I don't think it was like that, but whatever. My my memory is kind of fuzzy there. Uh, let's see. Oh. Well, while you're thinking, mm-hmm. uh, something that, and this could be, again, due, due to fuzzy memories, but I think the impression that I got from Final Fantasy, which is why, this is one of the reasons why, you know, I've kept on saying that, like, I really like Final Fantasy, but I think it's way overrated. Mm-hmm. I, my my general if you want to kind of graph the game experience for me like in a line graph mm-hmm. it's 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 mostly flat with spikes for seven yeah where where a lot of the other ones have been like kind of a gradual you know gradual like incline mhm and then sometimes they're a little boring segments but it always jumps back again Seven, it, you know, the the first big spike obviously is Midgar, right? Mm-hmm. Midgar the beginning, and and when you get out of Midgar, there's there there's another huge spike there. Um, in fact, the whole beginning is just one large mountain. <laughs> you get out, you go to Calm Town, you do all that stuff, and yeah, it's intriguing. But the, after that, it starts to taper a little bit. You know, it's just a little 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 slows down a little bit. And then, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to remember the sequence of events here. But then you um, go through the mines, and then you end up at um, Fort Condor and the, Junon. Yeah, and you that, do that stupid freaking the march. Strategy, the strategy mini game. Oh well, the strategy mini game is actually easily broken. All you really got to do is just like lose oh, and fight I'm, the boss. I'm, <laughs> I'm not saying whether or not like it broke. I'm just saying it was kind of stupid. Well, I know too. the thing is, it, it's stupid. To play and put the effort into it. Oh, that's so because like Good point. Yeah, you're saying that like the strategy game is kind of stupid, right? Yeah. And the funny thing is, we both have probably like actually like seriously tried to play the strategy game, and you come to find out that really you don't have to play the strategy game. You just right. fucking lose, and you get the same benefits. Um, but the stupid march, man, the Junon march. Oh, oh, goodness. That's something that like I dread. It's it. You know how there are games that you play through, and then you want it, you think about playing through it again later on, but then like, one, I don't want to deal with that, that part. One yeah, thing you don't want to mm-hmm. deal with. Doesn't uh-huh. make you. It makes you not want to play it. There are games that plenty of games that I have played through. Like for example, like Ninja Gaiden Black. Oh. The entire fucking game is like, oh god, I don't <laughs> want to go through that shit again. And wait, wait, pause for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, on our discussion. Everyone, here's an update. Pete's computer is not even turning back on properly now, so unfortunately we bid farewell to Pete for today's episode. Oh, goodness. But hopefully he'll be back for next week. Yeah. Uh, pour out a little one for our fallen homie. <laughs> Alright, let's go on. Alright. Um, so, you know, there, there are things like that. Like, you just don't want to go through that shit again. And 
you you went through it just to go through it because you know it's your first time playing it. But then you look back on it and you're like, "Fuck, that thing was so annoying. I would never do that again." But you know, sometimes you do it again. Like when I play it again, I was like, "All right, fuck it. I'm just gonna go through this march. I'm gonna try and do it and just stomach it." And I did. It wasn't that bad, but it was pretty fucking bad. Yeah, and see, the funniest thing is that as much as I piled hate on Final Fantasy VIII before, mm-hmm. like, there was never a moment like that. There was a mechanic, you know, the drawing yeah. and all that stuff, but there's no singular, like, thing that pops out that says, I don't want to deal with that shit again. Nine, I don't think I had any of them. I loved my entire experience with nine. Yeah, Seven, I don't believe I've had yeah. an experience like that with yeah. nine. I haven't had an experience like that with yeah. eight. Like, I would go and play eight again another time, yeah. but um, I just feel like I... Well, all right. The end was a pain in the ass for me. The the final dungeon. It was just like, <sighs> but I think I will go through the whole game again. Yeah. In the future. But seven has 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 that stupid strategy game. It has the march. It has the golden saucer. Um. I and I was I. You know what? There there's something about some of the dungeon dungeon as a very broad term. Mm-hmm. Some of the dungeon design that just wasn't very like, I don't know that that um. That uh, that area leading up to the big heiress moment. Oh, everybody knows that she, you know, something happens to her. Blah, 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 right? Mm-hmm. Like there, I think it was some like ancient ruins that I was just kind of like, it was kind of boring. Whether it be the the visual design or just the 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 level layout. Oh, are you I talking was... about the template of agents? Yeah. The one I go, that reduces into the little tiny thing. I think so. Okay. I can't, yeah. I can't see. I can't. I can't remember because these things just don't stick out to me. Like I, like eight. I remember being trapped in a jail cell and us having to break out of that. And then mm-hmm. like I remember the Kerberos battle and I, re- in, and, and the Dalit thing. Well, obviously because I just played through that part. So yeah, in that respect, seven's just like you know flat with spikes in it. You know, mm-hmm. and like you know cloud hair. Oh god. <laughs> You know, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, another another big spike would like you said the Nibelheim incident. Um, going and visiting. Nibelheim and seeing all those fucked up clones just kind of like, you know, talking to number nine and, you know, hearing what he has to say. Mm -hmm. Um, That whole, like, learning about the Genova experiment. So it's so like, you know, there are all these kind of cool moments juxtaposed with all these really annoying ones. And then, like, the story just gets too convoluted for its own good by the end. Like, it's like, it starts off with twists and cool little things like that and, like, intriguing mysteries and, and all that stuff that gets you into it. But then by the end, instead of just saying, all right, let's resolve this, it says, all right, now his mind is out of his body, and now we're going to complicate things even more. And now it's just going to just kind of go everywhere, every which way, and, you know, uh, we're just going to throw shit in there when really all we really need to say is that Sephiroth is trying to return Genova to the Earth, or whatever it was. That was it. And, um, and, and, and that's all you need to say. But they're like, oh, it's in the last thing, and then everything's coming out of the cetera. And then here's a meteor. Enjoy that, you know. It, and it not to, which is not to say that you know, that you know, going overly simple or overly like, because I think one of the problems with nine, which is similar to four, is that it's story-wise, at the end, you just get this villain that kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah, I that's that's the main reason why I need to play nine again because when I first played it. And then the only time I played it, I was like, "Who the fuck are you?" It's it's <laughs> it's ba- it's basically Zeromus from four, right? He co- he co- it's not necessarily that he comes out of nowhere, but yeah. But see, the thing is, now that I played four again, 
I know that Zeromis has a reason for being there. Well, so does Necron. So does Necron. It's and it's but that's pretty the thing. much I don't know what that is now. That's it's the same re- it's pretty much the same reason. It's all about the whole hate shit, you know. It's Star Wars okay. type stuff. But you know, like Seven, you know, so so I'm basically contrasting seven and nine is that like both approaches like you know leave something a little bit to be desired, you know, um, and I think uh, I think at least with eight, Ultimisha has been set up. Yeah, it was the very entire concise. game very well. Like she has been set up. You you know, like after after you find that Idea is not the main one, you, you they start talking about Ultimisha. They start talking about exactly what she's trying to do. Not exactly, because it's still up in the air as to what exact why. She yeah, like later time. on, then they kind of tell you exactly right. what she's trying to right. do. But and... like they introduce her, it's uh, they they introduce her, they keep her kind of there, even though you don't really see her. Um, six Kefka's with you throughout the whole game. You yeah. don't expect him to be the main guy. You expect Gestal to be the main thing, but ultimately it's Kefka. But he's always there with you during the entire game. Um, with with three, five, five is like that because it's, it's the, always the battle against X Death. That was is what it, the maybe entire I'm, game was about. Uh, I, I, you're right. You're right. I'm only. T- I'm still only like twelve hours into it, so I mm-hmm. haven't been properly introduced to his storyline. Okay. Yeah, because right yeah. now you're still like in the expository, but the the underlying sense of the game is that the world is being threatened by X Death, and right. it, it, he just never stops. You'll see later on. Right. It's just like. What? What the fuck? X Death? Huh? <laughs> yeah, it's not. Yeah, the, but it's the same I, guy. Over I've seen over. the seeds. I've seen the seeds being sown. Mm-hmm. I, they, they they talk about the how the portals are locking him down and you know all mm-hmm. that stuff. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it, it's something where where I think eight gets it right. You know, seven kind of seven kind of got it right up until the the last parts where they decided to throw everything into the water. And then nine was a little bit too simplistic at the end for its own good, but up until that point, it was all right. Mm-hmm. Um, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say eight is like two. Um, I, I call these things local plots because I'm, you're so used to having this grandiose uh, kind of something that develops out of a little thing into something completely huge that's global. the entire... Yeah, global, right. basically. A, a global crisis. And something like Sephiroth, where it was like, okay, first, it was just something where uh, we hate Shinra because they're killing a planet. Then it turns into uh, we're really chasing after Sephiroth because I need to know what the fuck he did to me, is what Cloud's saying. Then it explodes to Sephiroth wants to bring back his quote-unquote mother to destroy the planet because he hates everything and he's become self-aware, quote-unquote. And that also reflects in the weapons coming back from the planet because they're trying to save the planet. And it's all this, everything is happening on different sides of the world, here and there, here and there. And it becomes more like an environmental thing, like a big environmental war. Right. Whereas aid is like, uh, you know, Squall's going to become a seed, and he wants to fight all over the world. But it seems that this one event in one town—it's—it's—it's it's turning into like a global uh, thing. But there's not really much in the world. There's only like four towns in the entire world, and so that that kind of shrinks down the world in one place. And then you come to find out, okay, the person we were going after, Idea. It's not really the person we're going after. We're going after Ultimisia, 
who is connected to Adele. So, Ultimisia wants to do what, it, what she does. I don't know if I want to reveal that or whatever. But I already, I kind of already did accidentally. Okay. But, uh, she wants to achieve the time compression, which is sort of global, but it still seems kind of local because it, it seems to only really just like threaten you. And it doesn't seem like it's like the world really? isn't completely changing, like how Kefka destroyed the entire freaking planet. But I, really, I, I, I kind of get the sense that it, uh, I personally got the sense that it did. Um, mm. Because I mean, like, okay, so first of all, you're talking about this. Let's 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 not even go to Altamicia. Let's let's talk about Idea first. When you try to assassinate her, okay. Um, the the whole sense of the story is that you're trying to prevent the sorceresses from getting so much power, getting so much power, so as to destroy the world, right? Or or at least take over the world. Because the whole reason why there are so few, if I'm remembering correctly, why there are so few towns in the first place is because there was some big ass like war before. Right, right. It, because uh, and, before, when Adele was ruling Estar, um, I think that she had like an iron fist and was like fucking shit up, and that's why they exiled her. Right, and and they don't want that to happen again. And then when Ultimisha comes out, they're like, "Fuck, this time compression shit could really shit shits up for us." Right, know? but the thing is, the scope of it to me was like almost kind of like I'm going to fight the mayor of New York City. Because the mayor of New York City wants to take control of New York State. But there's a whole bunch of other shit around me that is going on. This would be, this isn't the story of Final Fantasy VIII, of course. This is just kind of like what I feel like how small the scope is of Final Fantasy VIII to me. Um, it seems like maybe in Final Fantasy VIII, there's other shit going on that we don't have the resources to connect to because, of course, our world is like small. It, it it's kind of weird for me to explain. I just feel like there's other parts of Final Fantasy VIII, like that 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 planet, that we don't know about and we don't see. It's kind of like Dragon Warrior, where Dragon Warrior takes place on Lefgar, which is just like one continent. But you, you got to kind of think that there's another continent. Are you talking about the original one? Yeah. Oh, okay. And then you come to find out in Dragon Warrior Two, which takes place in the exact same world, there's a whole other continent where shit's going on. Right. <laughs> you know, so uh, that's that's kind of how I feel like with Final Fantasy VIII. And Final Fantasy Two was kind of the same way, except uh, Final Fantasy Two was kind of a little bit more global, where it wasn't like, oh, I'm going. Uh, it was a typical imperial plot. Yes, that was the thing. It was a typical imperial plot, and then they kind of just expanded the imperial plot to make it instead of just an emperor trying to take over the land, it's now the spirit of the emperor trying to come up from hell to take control of the earth. It was right. like, that That was kind of awesome. But it still seems a little bit small in scope, but it was bigger in scope than 8, where I think it was just like, okay, Ultimisia at the end, um, there's no like super big force behind her that's just like, otherworldly or something like that. It was just... But, I, I don't know. I felt she was otherworldly in and of herself. That is true because of where she came from. Where she came from and what she... What she freaking did. She right. compressed time. Like, <laughs> you know? Right, I mean, that, the thing was they, they explained the whole time compression thing as they played it off. I don't. I don't know if I want to. I mean, you, you yeah, I, I know the the dot. I I didn't. You know, I didn't end up finishing the game entirely, but I know what but happens. You know I, about I know the that, plot in that point where the, it was just the, like, yeah, the oh, doctor was just like, who I knows? And they use it in the future, and I'm like, uh, okay. So basically, it was like, uh, 
I created post-it notes because I was trying to create something that was uh well, what how was post-it notes created? The the guy who created post-it notes was trying to create something that he for Scott's tape to. Yeah. But wound up creating something that things stuck to. So in the future, everybody uses post-it notes, but one person is using post-it notes for this diabolical plan to fucking destroy the planet. <laughs> and you come to find out and you're like, Yeah, it was my invention. That thing you know was what? so simple. You know what's funny? You should go to Game Facts and read the time compression story fact. Yeah. You know those crazy people out there writing fanfics and having theories. As this this kid who wrote the the that fact has a pretty interesting theory on who Ultimisha is and why she wants to do what she wants to do. Oh, that's cool. Um, but it has a lot to do with time travel and all that shit. Mm-hmm. We're talking about now. We're talking about lost time travel. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but um, no. I mean, I, I don't know. I I guess I guess I just I guess it doesn't rub me that way. You know, mm-hmm. because I, I found that every Final Fantasy is always a global thing, and that's what makes it Final Fantasy. Right. You know, that, that feeling of the world is under a threat, and maybe the threat isn't as large from game to game, but it is still a global threat. Like, I've, like some, I think it was Chris who told me that in Final Fantasy X, sin is one of those lesser, it's a global threat, but it's not as just kind of like shattering. You know, right. it's, not, it's not as like, oh, Zeromus is like bringing down a fucking giant to destroy Earth. Exactly. Or, or um, what's it called? Or in Final Fantasy One, even where you know it was barely intelligible until you played the new versions, where it's like, oh, they, the fiends just want to chaos, just wants to keep on looping time around. What is with Final Fantasy and time travel? Jesus Christ! Hey. Wants to you know loop the world around so he can keep it under his control, or like uh, Six, where Kefka is just like, I actually did destroy the world. <laughs> yeah, and you I know? am the the one true god of this planet now because I am a you know I can destroy the world because I'm sitting on top of this tower with a button. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I, I don't know. I mean, but nine nine again that threat was one of those kind of out of nowhere threats. Yeah. Well, no, no, not well, the threat. no. It, I guess it wasn't because I, I think it was it needed a little more explaining, maybe. Right. Because the you know, end needed explaining, but the threat itself was more the mist, right? It was more that that you know, I can't even remember. This shit is so fuzzy. Yeah, see, the thing is, like, to, the only thing I remember about Final Fantasy Nine, you're talking about nine, right? Um, yeah. Okay. Was that eternal struggle between Kuja and Zidane? Mm-hmm. And I thought that it could have ended, maybe not too well, but it could have just ended with Kuja and Zidane. But mm. then, it, you know, in Final Fantasy IV, they actually tell you about Zeromus early. Not that early, but they tell you the story about Zemus and how he was the only one that didn't, that couldn't sleep. And right. um, when, I, I, nah, it's kind of fleeting for me, but he had the hatred and resentment of the world within him. And that was, that essence was called Zeromus. Zeromus. And you would think, okay, I defeat Zemus, and the game is over because that's what we were trying to do, and that, that's actually what they did in the story. And then it was just like, ah, uh-uh, you forgot about Zeromus, and then right. you go through this whole big like fucking gangster shit. Uh, <laughs> it's gangster shit. Now I, I'm assuming that the same kind of thing happens in nine because I don't remember since I only played it once and like at on. Wait, when did that come in? game come out? 2001? Uh, nine? Yeah. 2000. 2000, right? Yeah. Uh, I played it just that one time. And 
it I, I must not have really been paying attention to this. Wait, 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 wait. Wikipedia, yeah, two thousand November fourteenth, two thousand says Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Which and is a really quick turnaround time for a Final Fantasy game. Very true. Especially now given that it took like what five years for thirteen to come out. Yeah. Uh but then, you know, technology has significantly improved since nine. War. Has I think changed. the technology has been pretty much the same between seven, eight and nine. Yeah, uh, well, so, but there was a two-year gap between seven and eight. Yeah, and so. the technology between eight and nine was pretty similar, but the technology jump between seven and eight was pretty big. Let's see. Um, I'm reading the wiki page on nine to see what the ending is like, Cause, and and that mist was the threat. Okay. Um, and so basically, okay, so Spirit of Garland guides the cart party to Kuja when Kuja. Just spoiler alert! When Kuja's <laughs> defeated, he uses his transabilities to destroy the crystal, which is the source of life prompting the appearance of Necron, the eternal darkness bent on destroying life. So that, that was never talked about until then. Right. <laughs> it says, I exist for one purpose, to return everything back to the zero world where there is no life and no crystal to give life. Oh, that was what he said before he That's what he fighting. says, yeah. yeah. So, mm. yeah, I, th- that was really a what-the-fuck moment. You know, <laughs> honestly, I think that Final Fantasy IX would have been just like a teeny, itty-bitty bit better if after Necron came out and said all that, Zidane was like, who the fuck are you? And then he started fighting. Well, not fighting, <laughs> like, it, if Zidane had this like really weird-looking face on him, like, he was like what? Huh? Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, let's, let's do this. I don't know what you are, but let's do this. Um, but I think, and I know we're skipping around here, but that's why we're talking about all three in, in, in one segment. Mm-hmm. Um. I think nine was my favorite out of all the three, and and it's so, it's so you know so beloved by me in the entire series is, I hate to say because of its straightforward nature, because I don't want to insinuate that simpler is always better, right? But the way that things come together in seven, seven, in nine, the systems in place, you know, it's it's very straightforward, it's very cut and dry, but there's still a lot of stuff to do with it. Okay. Um, it is it, it it just makes it easy to enjoy and just go through, um, with the materia stuff. Um, I wasn't in at the first time I played it. I wasn't too entirely like impressed with the materia system in 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 seven, and it kind of um it kind of mimicked this this sense that started in six, and I hate to talk bad about six, but you know it started oh, here the, the where everyone can do everything. This is one of the things that bothers me about 6, 7, and 8. And before people start saying that with the job system in 5, you could, anyone could do everything, that is false. Because you had limits placed on that. You couldn't be every job in one shot. In, in 6, everybody could learn the strongest spell, Ultima, right? And basically um, just kind of spam it. Which kind of renders, and, and it doesn't take that long for everyone to learn it. So it kind of renders all the differences with all the characters obsolete if you decide to sit there and go to level 60 to 70 to 80 or whatever, you know, to learn Ultima for everyone. And I guess, we're, I guess we should just give up on trying to keep uh, the, the Why Do We Play Final Fantasy segment from this other segment because Pete's not here anyway and we're just yeah. going to go all over the map. But, like, like I said, it starts in 6. It doesn't really come full circle, but it, you can see the seats planted there, you sure. know. And seven, Terra you can do the exact same thing. Yeah, but Terra can use weapons just fine. Celis can use them just fine. Cyan, Sabin, Edgar. Um, well, Sabin doesn't use weapons. But but I mean, as a melee guy. Oh yeah, he's powerful. And um, attack is a very good option for everybody. Right. Setzer maybe not so much. Realm no. Stragos no. Mm-hmm. But 
you know, again, I said it started there. It's not completely mature there, but it start. You, you could see that there. Everybody can equip the S for everybody can learn anything. True. Eight, it, seven comes along, and because you only have three characters, which is is another decision that I hate. Um, you they they made it more flexible so that everyone could still do everything. You know, maybe attack is still isn't the greatest option for someone like Iris. See, I'm gonna pronounce it Iris because it's a, it was Iris in Japan. Yeah. Um, not Aerith. Um. <laughs> But, you know, except for her, I mean, Yuffie could fight, all right? T Tifa could fucking fight with a tits. Mm -hmm. uh, Cloud could fight. Uh, Vincent could fight. Sid could fight. As, as far as my memory goes, maybe Sid wasn't the strongest one, but he could still fight. No, no, was pretty, Sid was pretty strong. Uh, Vincent, I'm thinking, because he had oh. the guns. And usually they, 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 they kind of nerf guns in Final Fantasy. Um, Barrett, besides Barrett. Barrett's gun was his arm, so yeah. that <laughs> Barrett could fight, you know. And then, and then everybody could trade material between each other, you know. Which is kind of what bothers me about all the job system Final Fantasies, where in Final Fantasy V you bought spells. You know, this is just a personal thing, but I always felt that magic is in, in a Final Fantasy game something that you that is inherent to you and that you have to learn. You know, you equip the Esper and you have to sit there and learn that spell before you can even use it. Mm -hmm. Like you can't use a spell when you have the Esper equipped. You have to sit there and learn it in six. You know, seven, it's right there. It's just there. You know, you have fire. The linking part was cool. I like the linking elements, and I like the, the fact that Materia grows with you, which kind of carried over in the Guardian Forces that grow with you. But having everyone do everything almost, almost without limits, you know, kind of makes each character almost like a commodity, and that's the biggest thing about eight that isn't necessarily really bothering me, but it just makes it a little bit less intriguing for me uh, in that... You know, if I wanted to, I could sit there and junction, you know, and just manipulate the junction system so that everybody pretty much has the same role and can do almost everything. That's kind of, yeah, I mean, almost. that's not what I did, but you could, yeah. Because what I did was, um, because I wasn't going to farm out all that magic. You did the, you did the, you, you did an MMO approach, you said, right? I was, and then I found out that it really didn't make any sense, especially with the last battle. Right. Uh, you you could do all of that, and then Ultimacy would completely like destroy your chances because she'll choose characters that you you wouldn't even bother playing with. S Screwtop basically echoed my sentiments much be in a much better way than I could have um, in terms of verbiage. Uh, he made a comment on my blog about eight. Um, let's see, is this him? He said. Uh, this is on my giant bomb blog. Um, he says, I also dislike the trend of making every character interchangeable. This started earlier in the series. FF5's characters are completely interchangeable. Which The characters themselves, yes, this is kind of true, but they still had limits imposed on them on a higher level. Mm -hmm. But I think he means like the characters themselves. Yeah, there's just shells. Yeah, But became the standard for stats. Right, but became the standard for character progression as the series rolled on. Except for stats and limit breaks, you can make any character into an uber badass. I prefer having some limits on each character, which makes for more strategy in choosing what characters you keep in your party during different parts of the game. Very true. Which, which is, you know, which is one of those things that, like I said, Six started very slightly to move away from. And that's kind of when, when you take it back to Nine, and you say, alright, everybody has a specific role, yep. and you can make them into a badass in their own way and Restri in restricted their own role. right restricted to how their character should be developed but in their own context they are a badass Zidane can be a badass with his transability Steiner can be a badass cuz he's a melee guy um Garnet 
and Aiko can be badasses because they will have the summons that are badass. But not everyone can summon everyone. Not everyone can be a great melee character. Not everyone can have superb defense. Not everyone can have all these abilities. And that's that's kind of why I like 10 from so far from what I've been playing with it. Well, because yeah, while you has while their you own roles too everyone town. has their own roles and while you can maneuver the sphere grid to make everyone you know have every ability it is insanely difficult to do so and on top of that they throw situations at you like for example flying enemies who are vulnerable to Waka's ball and hey, Titus! there are enemies who are you want to play with my ball shut hey. up hey. Hey, <laughs> shut Titus. up Waka go back hey. and play some blitz ball hey. um <laughs> anyway Nah. Oh God, Waka! All right. <laughs> um, and then there are enemies who are armored, who are vulnerable to piercing attacks uh, from Orin and um, Kamari. Well, not Orin, but Kamari. And you know there are certain characters that are proficient against certain types of enemies, and they throw them at you. And what's cool about Ten is that they give you the ability to just switch characters while you're fighting, so you're not stuck. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, you'll be in a situation where, you know, you got enemies that are vulnerable to magic and only certain types of magic, and you'll you'll be hitting them with like Tidus Yuna and um and Aura and something like that, and they'll do no damage at all, and they'll be getting owned by high level magic spells. Then you pull out Lulu, and she'll cast the right magic spell, and they die in one hit. <laughs> and it, it it works out that way because then now you know you need to rely on Lulu for something. You know, right. you need to use her. She is important because, and you get to a point where, like in Final Fantasy VIII, uh, yeah, I had at the end of the game, I had Zell uh, as my primary like magic user. Uh, Squall was m- pretty much all around. He was the melee guy. He had um, recover from Siren. He had treatment from I think Alexander or something like that. So he was mm-hmm. able to heal people fully. And take off their statuses. I think it's the other way around. Treatment is from um, Siren. And then I had um, Irvine. And Irvine basically was sub-melee, but he really was proficient in, um, like, statting people up and stuff like that. Right. But at the same time, if I had to switch party, then I would just keep Squall the way he is and just switch the roles of Zell and Irvine to, like, Quistus and Selfie. It was like Selfie would then be the um, the magic, the offensive magic caster, and then Quistus would be the booster. And it was just like, you know, I don't need to have Quistus for any reason. So if I didn't have to play with her, I wouldn't. And that I, there came the level disparity. Like Squall was forty at the end of the game. Zell was thirty four. I think Quistus was twenty eight, and the other characters were like in the low twenties. All right. I think, as I'm thinking about this, it's. I think it's really just you know where where you come from. I I played you know Final Fantasy IV was my first proper Final Fantasy. Um, so, the the Saga games on Game Boy were the first Final Fantasies that I played. Technically, if you want to if you want to go by U.S. titles, but that's you know a misnomer. Mm-hmm. Those are the first RPGs I played. And like for a while, like at summer camp, like one of my friends like introduced me to D and D, where you had to choose what your roles were. Right. And so, you know, just that that's that's what kind of intrigued me about this type of game uh, was saying, all right, here are some archetypes that you have to follow. Here is what we're going to give you, and you can kind of grow from there, but it's always restricted to these archetypes. 
and your job is to choose one and then make the best out of that one, or in D and D, or later on is to manage a party of these and make sure that each one is proficient at what they're supposed to do, you know, mm-hmm. and 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 know when to use whom. And Final Fantasy IV obviously made that easy because it was completely story based and shuffled people around for yep. you, and which they pretty is, much set is, it up for you, which is both a strength and a weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, people fucking die but <laughs> you don't get to customize things so you know it's it's a good and bad thing um but it, it you know coming from that background i guess it's just like it's i guess it's kind of what i expect and it's what i prefer in the end because you know when i play something that you know you can do anyone can do everything i i start to feel a little bit like this is this is too much not too much but like this is and not necessarily less challenging but you sort of get that kind of sense, mm-hmm. you know. It, it, it's it's, little, it's a little easier, kind of giving it, it to for, you a little bit. It's for lack of a better term, because I don't like to. I don't want to qualify the difficulty of it. It doesn't necessarily make it easier. It just makes it less, a little bit less strategic for me, mm-hmm. a little bit less intriguing, you know. And and you know, if there's one kink in Six's armor, that would be it. You know, that 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 ability that everyone can spam on Ultima if they wanted to. You know, one thing about six though, uh, I feel that I put more value in the character's innate skills than in the types of espers that they. Yes, own. no, that that is correct, and that's that's why you know I agree with you wholeheartedly. That's why I said that it it kind of plants the seeds there, but doesn't right. go with it full bore. But you could see where it still kind of starts that trend. True, because I you know I'm thinking about like you know final battles because that's where. All of that's your where it comes together. Experience yeah. and everything yeah. comes into play. If you manage things incorrectly, you could not beat the last boss, and it may be very well impossible to beat the last boss. And with Final Fantasy VI, they bring you into a situation where you can choose from all of your characters uh, a list of the order in which they will be fighting the last boss, and um, normally, just you know, because you want to win the fight, you would put your best people first. Just like in a basketball game, you put your best people as starters. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I mean, I guess people do things different ways, of course. But when I was deciding who I wanted as my top four, it was like based on innate skills and level. And the level was a factor of their innate skills because of the fact that I used those characters whose <clears throat> innate skills I was best able to merge together. I used them most often. Mm-hmm. So they had the highest levels. And, you know, there, there were characters like Setzer and Shadow and Realm and, you know, those characters that I didn't really use much just because I, I, I just couldn't really feel their... Uh, their innate abilities, you know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I I guess, but I mean, and maybe it's 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 all in how you approach it. It is. That's but, what I'm saying. That's how I approach it. Right. I approach it like basically. Because, hmm? I was gonna say that I, you know, I I also focused on that throughout the game, but at the same time, by the end of the game, everyone had Ultima, so there was no need for me to dis to discriminate. Yeah, see, whoever for me, had, I had like one person with Ultima, and that was the person who had like all the magic, but. That person who had all the magic was important because of that, and then you would have like other characters who had certain spells, and they were important because they had that. But that's because I made it that way. 
Right. And you know, I, I guess I guess what I what I wanna what I want out of a developer is to this is the whole thing about challenging games for me, obviously. And, and uh, again, challenge not necessarily in difficulty, but in, in also mindset is... It, I guess it goes back to the Pete thing, and it's, again, it's all how you approach it. And, you know, you could you could uh, mess it up if you chose to, and that would be your own fault. But still, I, I don't think that a developer should let you, you know? The whole thing about, he's like, they're giving me a replay button on Project Gotham Racing? No, sorry. On Forza Motorsport? I'm going to use it. Mm-hmm. You it's know. all about putting it into the player's hands. Do you put it into the player's hands and then they break it, or do you not put it into the player's hands right. and then they complain that they have no control? And and I and I'd rather have it the latter and not not no control, but because you know, up until that you know uh, nine gives you a lot of control over what you can do, but it's just not 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 that everyone can do everything. Right. And I think that I think that uh, you know I like to think that a developer's job is to depending on the type of, you know, on the genre, because if you want to make an open-world game, like Grand Theft Auto, the whole appeal of that is being able to do everything. But, and something that has str- strategy, I was about to say strategy, strategy <laughs> in there, and, you know, some, some type of, you know, some elements of, of thinking or whatever, the, the reason why games like Mario and Mega Man and Contra and all those games that you and I grew up with, uh, for me, the reason why they're so great is because it says, here is a challenge, Given what we give you, overcome it. And mm-hmm. uh, and when I when I say give you, I should say given what we have thrown in front of you, solve it. And in the final fantasy, in the final fantasies where everyone can do everything, there's the, what they're throwing at you to impede you is less, and they're giving a lot more leeway. True. And I, I've I I just kind of always you know liked that. In, in in nine and in four, they were saying like, and in, in in the job system ones at least when they're limiting you with the job system, they're like, we're not going to give you everything, buddy. You you choose which one's the best for you, but you cannot have everything. Right. So it, it's kind of like um, it's kind of like uh, uh, I guess some people, you know, um, Vinny from Giant Bomb said that he liked this about Dragon Age a lot. You make the wrong decision, your character leaves the party, and you have to live with that decision. The, mm-hmm. the characters will just leave. Yeah. With all your shit. <laughs> you will equip them with a special thing. And if you make wrong choices and say the wrong thing, they will just up and leave. <laughs> Same thing with like something like Fire Emblem. If your guys die, they're dead. They're dead. And you have now, to live with it. Now I, I you know, because I, I kind of want to keep all my characters, like I, I do the stupid thing and I reset the game, but that's because like that that's because I'm not very good at Fire Emblem. Mm-hmm. And I want to try to get good, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, I, I finished Fire Emblem, I think I lost one character. And it's yeah. so messed up when they show you story, like at the end of the game, and it's supposed to include that character. And they and show like, oh, you he's the story not here. as if the character does not exist anymore because the character is dead, yeah. and it makes you feel bad. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so it, it's it's one of those things where, yeah, like... You're definitely right. You you probably did the right thing in saying I will choose to make these characters important for a certain reason. But when like throughout my playing of six, you know, I just equipped the ultimate Esper to everyone because I thought it was a great spell and I wanted everyone to be ready. And it ends up that that takes away some of the some of the the, the magic. It oh, takes yeah. away, like at the end it takes away some of the whole like. But they're making it available to you. True. I mean that's you just know? the same as and, and sometimes. Around. Yeah, and sometimes they make they, they make you feel like you're supposed to do that because some of the shit is insanely hard. 
but because some of the shit's insanely hard, then you overdo it and it becomes insanely easy. Mm-hmm. Which which is not necessarily a problem because if you put in the work, you some people that feel reward. that yeah, some people feel you put in the work, you should have that reward. Other people feel that you shouldn't be able to tank your way through a game just because you grinded a lot. Both schools of thought have very valid points. I I just I I just think that you know in six. Again, it's birthed in six, but it wasn't really fully blown. It, but it just kind of became this weird thing where, I, I, you know, I, I wish it never did that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I honestly, wish... if you really, really want to go back to birth, I think it was more, it more had its birth or its conception in two, because everyone. <clears throat> that's that's could a good point. Everything. This is a, this is a very good point. I kind of often. Remove two from memory, <laughs> for, you it's know, because so, such a black sheep. Out of out of the ten games, like now that I'm appreciating eight more, two is below it, and two is now the last one. <laughs> oh man, two has like the best final boss music ever, and it's but, it's one of yeah. the best final boss experiences. Although, like in my game, for some odd ass reason, one of my characters was completely susceptible to physical damage, and he was the biggest guy. I was like. What the fuck? <laughs> They had like empty. They they had all the terrible design flaws from one. They did not fix. They had empty rooms. You walk into them. There's nothing yeah, in there. Why? 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 Uh, you know. Um, I think they had but, some of that in three too. Yeah. Let Ooh. let's um, let's touch on like what the topic actually talks about really quick. Um, sure. uh, it wasn't the whole thing that I that I brought this topic on for. It was just this one snippet of his blog post of Jeremy's blog post on One Up that um that kind of resonated with me. He says, The series' greatest strength is arguably its chimerical nature. Final Fantasy means something different to everyone who plays it, and no two chapters are exactly the same, a trait that can be traced all the way back to its earliest entries. The original Final Fantasy took a safe approach to designing to the design elements like magic, character building, and story advancement. Uh, blah, blah, blah. So, if you look at it, you know, you got Final Fantasy 1, which is basically a D&D archetype. Mm-hmm. In terms of you get to choose your class, and these guys can do a certain thing, and nothing more, and nothing less. Two threw all that shit out in the water and gave you empty rooms and I'm gonna get off of that point. Sorry, <laughs> it I gave just you empty rooms me. in Final Fantasy One. I know, but you know, they should have fixed that. Three, um three was basically uh, you know, one on steroids and gave you so much customization. Four, uh, you know, was it was more like a D and D, but the control of the characters in terms of their origins was taken away from you. You were given archetypes. I feel like I feel like four is kind of the four is kind of the most uh, unique. And when I say unique, I don't mean unique among all games. I mean within the franchise itself. Four is the most unique entry in that it is so you basically can't do anything in that game. Right. You are you are stuck with who you You have and what they can do. And you are bound it. to the story. Mm-hmm. And, like, if, you know, for, for all the talk of, like, oh, story has been so developed in recent years, like, 4 is still the most story-driven game in the entire series because of how you are so bound to what it gives you. Right. Um, 5 is... 5 is a kind of repeat of 3. Finally, yeah, 5 is more of an evolution. Yeah. 6 is, you know, 6, like I said, started the whole everyone can do everything thing, but there's so much shit that they threw in there about, like, you know, the the multiple storylines for individual characters. Um, You don't really have a main character. Some people will be like, Terra is a main character. It's all about her plight. What about Celis? What about Mm -hmm. Locke's plight? You know, I'm not going to make an argument for Setzer at all, but 
some crazy fanfic writer who's like obsessed with six and and decides to post a message board post about why Setzer is the main character. I'm not gonna agree with him, but I could I could probably understand his argument. You know, <laughs> um, it could be the twins. Okay, um, Seven obviously brought the whole you know brought the whole presentation to a different level. Um, eight is pro- is the most customizable one ever, and nine is basically every single one of those games put together, except for maybe eight. And a little bit of two. And a little and two. Right. Most of two is like, I mean, there there's no I and is there the only game that I can think of that has uh uh rank based character development other than two I think is eleven. Uh, rank based. Oh, meaning you don't gain experience points. Right. Uh, you. Gain, I mean, you gain you experience get... points in eleven, but you have skills that can only be developed by actually performing the action. Right. Right. And and the saga games. <laughs> oh well, yeah, but, that's not Final Fantasy. It, it's so funny. Like you look at nine, and you can see elements of four in the ending of its its storyline. Mm-hmm. You you see four in um. You see four and six in its character archetypes. Locke is is, is, is Locke and and and, and um, well, actually, I think they combine ninja. Well, ninja is basically thief in uh, yeah. four. So Edge is basically the thief. But you know, th- there's elements of um, there's elements of seven in there where a lot of it's item based. And not not to say that seven was item based, but like you customize your equipment with materia. Right. Which where, theoretically is in item. Right. And in, in, in 9, it's all about the abilities that each item grants you, which is exactly. still different, but it's, you know... Um, the uh, it, it brought back, all the way from the beginning, the, the little black mage with the hat. Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, it, the, mu- the fucking music, okay? The, uh, there's a little bit of the Red Wings theme, or something else, in one of the, in, 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 sprinkled throughout some of the music in, in 9. Um, there... I, I, I can't remember for the life they of me which... They uh, returned to the, the concept of the crystals, which was not present in 7. Right. Which is not present since 6, actually. Exactly. Um, six, it, 6 is actually one that I feel... 6 started many things besides the whole... Um, besides the whole uh, uh, everyone can do everything thing. Mm-hmm. I think... Um, started you know, a contemporary theme. Yeah, the, the contemporary theme, the interchangeable characters... Uh, interchangeable as in you could swap characters in and out because yeah. up until five, you were set with you were either set with your party or the game told you who you could have. Yeah, exactly. In two and five, they, in two and four, they told you who you could have. In one, three, and five, you chose them, and that was it. Right. Um. Wait. Six was in inter- three. You have certain. You only have certain people and a guest. So yes, two, but three, the guest really doesn't four. do that much. Yeah. So two, three, and four. You're you're stuck with who you have. But in three, the people who you have can do different things. Actually, right, but in five, you're kind of stuck with who you have. Who you have that's why I said one, three, and five. I don't, I don't really count that guests because they don't, they, 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 you, you can't even control them. Right, I know, but you said two and four. You're stuck. Two and four, no, two and four. The game tells you who's going to be in your main party. Right, but it's it's that way. Two, three, four, and five. Well, what I what I mean is from a story level and, and like in terms of customization, like. Okay, so in 1, 3, and 5, they never take anybody away from you. And I'm not counting the guest character. Well, oh, 5, they do. They do. There's I forgot about that guy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, spoiler. No, I'm not going to even go into it. Okay, so 1 and 3, mostly then. Because two, yeah. four, 2, 4, and 5, they take away people from you. 
Um, well, yeah, I guess because in two they take Lionel away from you. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. It was uh, it's it's only once, but they do it. Yeah, you know the whole the point being that's not important. Point being, <laughs> six, you know, is is when they started. That that whole you know system of of okay I'm gonna choose who's gonna be in my yeah, party. You choose you you have the complete control over who is in your party. Right. Um, the whole like the whole this is something that I that that I haven't noticed. Uh, okay, so eight does it a little bit, but six if you if you think about it six barely has if any ethnic classifications. When was the last time before six they had any ethnic? Ethnic classifications. Uh, uh, Yang, Yang and, and Edge. Um, Yang and Edge is one. Yeah. Um, and I, I, much, yeah. well, in seven they have Cosmo Canyon, Native well, American. Yeah, people. but that's after six. They have Wu Tai. No, I meant, but six kind of stands in its own little circle. Well, of the of the really heavily story based ones, maybe that the argument kind of falls apart when you think about the NES ones, though. Why? Because because the... they, they I've never seen any like ethnic kind of stuff there either but so like some of the okay so for example 5 um 5 g- goes with the yang thing uh 7 goes with the whole cosmo canyon you slash four. <laughs> you're right sorry yeah. four. <laughs> i was like uh, 5 oh my god no 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 <laughs> 7 has you know wu tai mountains and mm-hmm. cosmo canyon mm-hmm. um yeah it has I, a black main character yeah um well yeah yeah right 8 um I can't remember if eight has any kind of, kind of, um, because um, the world is so small, like you said. Yeah, I, I mean, it really, to... it's all just the who in the hell is ringing my bell? Anyway, um, you know, it's there's the SR people who right. are regular people. They just dress yeah. funny, and then there's the other people who are mm. regular people, and they they are of different races and whatnot, but it's not distinct. They're all just kind of people. <laughs> Nine is fucking full of that Nine shit. Nine is, is is all kinds of racist. Nine has and... Scottish accents. Yep. Um, I I guess I, I guess you know I, I was thinking about six in, in in terms of like in in a lot of games, not just for RPGs or Final Fantasy, but in a lot of games in general, like there are always themes. There's there's always like like in in, in Mario, this isn't really ethnic, so I'm not even gonna go there. But like I, I'm listening through the entire soundtrack of six, and I don't hear anything that is that sounds like Distinctly French, or sounds distinctly Chinese, or sounds distinctly you know whatever. It's Wait, all kind of. Pe- what about uh, the Velt? That's distinctly like jungle African, South American almost. That's true, and I was gonna say the Velt mm-hmm. and then Shadow Steam. Oh yeah, are the two biggest exceptions. But like, I don't know. I think I, I think what I had in my mind was since Seven was so wildly popular. Mm-hmm. That like it stuck in my head that you know something like Cosmo Canyon Wu Tai Mountains it was like it, it was kind of going back to the whole let's have a lava stage let's have an ice stage <laughs> let's have, have a, it, you know an RPG without an ice cave right or something like that um, and I, I I guess I felt that um, six stood out of the popular ones as being the most kind of like universal one mm-hmm. but again that's why I'm saying the argument kind of falls apart when you think about the NES ones because. Unless I can find an arranged version of the music or the the Game Boy Advance version of the music for one and two, that sounds somewhat like, you know, do any of the do any of the um castles in two have you know es- ethnic sounding music? No, I mean the two is more of a medieval kind of uppity type of right soundtrack. You know, like the the sound of the 
the battle theme is very regal and kind of you know marchy almost right and you have um the the, the resistance uh theme song is very regal as well and the, even the final boss song is just like regal in the opposite sense it's just very very classical timpanies and shit right i feel i guess i feel like the 6 is this mixture of not like cuz like i'm listening to how you're describing 2's music right mm-hmm. It's very, very focused. Yeah, it's right. It's very, it's very classical focused. and high-natured kind of. Right, sort of. and 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 I guess the thing with with six is that six for me goes all over the place without going all over the place. True. It is. It is very. It, it is very all-encompassing without s- pulling out specific denominations, saying, "Hey, look, this is supposed to be a Chinese person." True. But it's not all, like, so universal that everything sounds medieval, or everything sounds cyberpunk, or everything sounds whatever, you know? So it, it, it's got this weird dynamic, and, and I guess maybe that explains what I'm trying to say about Six's ethnicity, as it were. So I don't even know. Who knows? Shadow's probably a girl anyways. Shadow is a girl, apparently. I know, that, that's... Uh, it, the apparently is why I said... Yeah, I know, because you know. it's never really, like... It's not Samus Aran, apparent. Right, exactly. Um, but, uh... Yeah, I mean it's 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 funny. I think I made a remark um a while back, maybe 2 years ago, possibly probably on this podcast when we were discussing Final Fantasy and I was like, "You know what? I'm kind of getting I kind of don't know if I want further ones. I mean, it's always the same thing." And that's that, that was I couldn't I cannot believe that I said that because that is completely not the case. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's the same thing from yes, there's a fight menu. Yeah. But everything surrounding that, the gameplay systems are so different. Um and I think that's probably one of its greatest strengths. Is it, it, that's exactly why I pulled this out of his article. Is that everything is so different? You know, the sphere grid is so different from everything else that you've come out, come across so far. Well, and there's the gambit system in twelve. Right. You know, and I'm I'm actually kind of dreading what thirteen has to offer because I read I, I sent you that, but I read something on on Wired uh, from Chris Kohler that that basically shows you how absolutely linear and like just. You, it doesn't feel like a Final Fantasy, whereas there's a blog post on 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 One Up by a user who says that 13 is fantastic, bec- but then he was like, "I play this for the story." Mm. There's so a lot of things saying he's drawn in by the story, but he's not really paying yeah. attention that the game is actually holding you by the hand all the way. It's like, the, yeah, well, and he's like, he's like, there's a lot of intricacies within a battle, mm-hmm. which is something that I did not get from Chris Kohler's article. So it it really remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I guess it, it's up to each person's tastes, but like. Um, I was very scared about what I read on Chris Kohler's article. Let's mm. put it that way. I was very scared. And then when I read the other guy's thing, I was just like, maybe I'll dial it back a little bit. Maybe I overreacted. But I'm not really getting the sense that he's paying attention to, you know. I- I'm getting the sense that he was really a fan of the game and was, was, was making a lot more out of what was actually presented to you, if that makes any sense. It does. So. It's me. But, um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that's why, you know, I, every year, even though I was like, oh, I hated 8, you know, mm-hmm. you can, you can, you can, you, you either like Madden or you dislike it. And sometimes it's a gradual shift. I, you either like NBA Live or you like 2K. And it took me a gradual shift to go to the 2K camp. Okay. Mm-hmm. NBA, NBA 2K. But for the most part, like it's, it, it, it there's a large part. You know, there's a large kind of preference for one thing over the other, one series over the other. Within Final Fantasy, you could 
hate one as much as you love the next one. Like, completely. Mm-hmm. Hate Final Fantasy 2, love Final Fantasy 9. Uh, Devil May Cry, something like Devil May Cry. Like, usually you know what you're going to get. God of War, you know what you're going to get, kind of. Assassin's Creed, maybe you hated the first one, but you know what you're going to get out of the second one. Maybe they fixed the problems. But in terms of a love-hate thing, it's, it's a different reason. You know, it's, it's totally different than, you know, with Final Fantasy where the, 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 surrounding, the surrounding systems are so vastly different and the way that they cho- choose to present things is so vastly different that, you know, sometimes it doesn't feel, with the exception of, okay, there's a chocobo here. There's a Sid there. Mm-hmm. If not for that, you might as well just give them different names. True. I mean, you could, you could dump a, a chocobo and a Sid and, and Moogles in Chrono Trigger or Chrono Cross and change the name to Final Fantasy XV, you know? <laughs> well, kind of like how uh, Nintendo used Doki Doki Panic to make Super Mario Bros. 2. Yeah, th- yeah, think about it. I mean, th- th- you could you could dump a Chocobo and Sid and like a little bit of tweaking to, to the Xeno series and call that a Final Fantasy game. A because very sci-fi Final Fantasy because it can be. Right, exactly. I mean, I mean, I mean, thirteen is supposed to be really, really sci-fi. I mean, oh, yeah. you, you and, and the point I'm trying to make here is is that all these games, while they're similar in spirit in terms of like you know the fight menu and all that shit, like Final Fantasy games are so different from each other that you know, like again, they 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 might as well not be the same franchise. And and I think that it's kind of maybe you know there's a cynical view to them. Why bother giving it different names? So and and I mean, why bother giving the same franchise name? Like I get that. But I think that's the beauty of the series is it's so it's so different. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you you I challenge them to get rid of all the traditional elements in in a game. Like let's say Final Fantasy fourteen comes along, no Chocobos, no Moogles, no Sid. You might have to say fifteen. Fourteen's already in a. Oh, I'm so you're right, fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um, no, just a brand new world, and see how it feels. 13 might be that. I don't know if it has the, the traditional stuff in there. I mean, from what I read, 13 is already not a Final Fantasy. <laughs> but but at the same time, that's the beauty of the series. How can you say it's not a Final Fantasy? Right, right? because How can every you say other that? Final Fantasy is, quote-unquote, not like Not a Final Right. So, I don't know. Um, I think we should probably wrap this up. We've been going around for a while, but... Yeah. Um, I wanted to give a shout-out to Aspro, who, although a little bit late, he did send in some names. Um, hey, dudes, I like to segment... How about played out games, beaten down games, or try gamed? As in, this game's been try gamed. Well, that sounds pretty name. good. Even though uh, we already came up with a, a name, I, I think try gamed. We should incorporate that somewhere. Like, you just been try gamed. No, maybe not. <laughs> oh man! So I think that's gonna about uh, that. That's gonna wrap it up for now. Al just blew his nose, but you didn't hear that because he was courteous enough to mute it. Yeah, and what? What, what? Um, and I think he just did it again. No, I heard no. his mic go, <laughs> damn it. Oh, okay, but, so, uh, as you're going to go through the pimp roll, uh, where can you, whatever, guitar? Uh, Guitars at xlm2k.blogspot.com Where can we find Pete? Facebook.com slash Riven. Yep. Uh, R-Y-V-V-N. Go to go to Facebook. Ah, sorry. Go to drfishypants.com. The word doctor is spelled out, and read the ramblings of our friend of the site, Brian Fishman. He's a doctor, and he'll save your fish and life. Um, and I go to trygames.net. Send us mail. Send us mail. Please. Mailbag at trygames.net. Mailbag I think. Trygames.net. Ask anything. Say anything. 
Ask us anything. Right. Uh, I don't know honest. what I don't know what our game uh, what our game spiel. Wow, I said that again Mm-mm, twice. I don't know what let's our rebooting. Let, let's rebooting topic is going to be next week. Um, we'll find a game uh, to talk about, but you can you know uh, we'll keep you posted on my GameSpot blog, which is GameSpot.com slash users slash Mr. Chupon M R C H U P zero N, um, and on well I don't. No, about my giant. I don't often update my giant blombog. Giant blombog. <laughs> blombog. Yes. Um, but it's giantblombog.com slash profile slash Mr. Chupon with a zero again. Um, we will choose a game. In fact, I may post it to the main site um, in our podcast description. So send us email about that game name or about anything else. Uh, that game name. About that game or anything else in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a whole bunch of topics. I think next week we're going to talk about... Um, I always that say that own. I have so many games on my shelf. Mm-hmm. Al says he always has so many games on the shelf. Now, not even on my shelf anymore. They're like in my Steam. Probably in your hard drive. 60 games in Steam or something like that. Uh, in fact, let me read what Pete wrote specifically. Um, because I think it was pretty uh, entertaining in that, in that Pete kind of way. Um, Pete writes... I planned an idea for a main topic. Why do we buy games that we end up just shelving and hoping to get to at some point in the future? I've been trying to figure out why I do this, as over the past month, I've bought at least six games that I have no time to play since I'm still slogging through Dragon Age. If there's a... <laughs> so yeah, pretty much. We just talked about all the Steam games we bought that we're never going to play. Why? Why do we do this to ourselves? Why do you folks do out I? there do this to yourself if you do it? Or are you those types of good gamers who just play Modern Warfare all the time and don't spend your money on anything else? Tell us. Let us know. Mailbag at drygames.net. So for Pete, who whose computer died, mm. pour out a little liquor for our fallen homie. What, what? For Al? <laughs> Still pouring. <laughs> I have been your host, Austin, and we are... <laughs> Who the fuck are you?